Today, a very special Howard Stern show. For me to poop on. Let the dogs out. Triumph, the insult comic dog, roasts the Stern show. Let the dogs out. Howard, you and I have a lot in common. We do, we do. I like to take a four-hour dump every morning, too. <laughs> yes. Today, on the Howard Stern show. I tried to uh, explain to Triumph the insult dog. I don't take a four-hour dump. It's very quick. It's just a four-mile dump from those Metamucil crackers I take. Uh, Let's get it right. Are you on Metamucil? Metamucil crackers still on your new diet? Oh yeah, I'm not. I'm not stopping that. Are you uh, taking them at all? You don't have that problem. No, no. No. I got Jimmy Kimmel to take Metamucil. I don't know how it worked out for him. Well, he follows your bathroom routines, like. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) he turned me on to the Toto toilet, which is the greatest thing I've ever had. Like, I was at my. I actually was talking to a friend, and I was at his house outside his house, and he was telling me. He's got this, uh, you know, he's doing his bathroom. I said, dude, get that Toto toilet. It's crazy. Shoots water up your ass. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, you're into that? I go, I mean, I'm not into it, but the effect is unbelievable. It cleans everything out, and I can swallow the water with my asshole and then burp it out. And, And you should see how clean I am back there. I haven't had an issue. I don't have to use baby wipes, nothing. And he goes, you use baby wipes? I go, uh... <laughs> you went too far in that I went too far. <laughs> really opened up. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I was just talking to Gary about Karens. I, I'm, I, Gary, what again is the definition of a Karen? Dolo Buki. Buki. Dolo Buki. Dolo Buki. What is that again? It's usually a white, um, middle-aged, entitled woman who either feels her opinion is the most important opinion in the room. You know, a great Karen uh, line is, uh, can I see your manager, please? Is the manager here? That kind of thing. Or, or, you know, a lot of Karens become doctors and lawyers. I don't need to wear a mask because, you know, CO2, I'm not breathing CO2 in. So they're just entitled people who don't want to hear what anyone else has to say. Hmm. If that's what I thought about this uh, Demi Lovato, I don't really know really? her music. Yeah, because evidently, uh, I was reading about this. She went to a yogurt store and she got on Twitter or, you know, Instagram or TikTok, one of these fucking things. And, he, and she got on and she was like lecturing everybody about how the guy at the yogurt store had sugar-free yogurt and it triggered something in her because she... It was an anorexic. Do I have this right? She was an anorexic, and when they offer a no-sugar option, it's... I don't even know what her logic is, but then she had to apologize because some poor guy... You know, you ever go to a yogurt store? It's usually, like, family-run. It's a fucking drag because, I mean, in order to make a profit at a yogurt store, you really got to bust balls. I mean, to, you know how many yogurts you have to sell to sort of pay your mortgage? Like, super difficult. So she was on there criticizing this yogurt because how dare they offer a sugar-free option? I mean, 
I know this sounds crazy, but I, that's why I even have to check myself. I'm not even sure I'm right. Here, listen to this. And, and you talk about, enti- I mean, what's with kids today? I mean, it's a whole different fucking attitude. It's like, honey, you, you mean you walk into a store and you see sugar-free oh, yogurt you. and gets you crazy? Well, yeah, we got a whole generation of people who think the world should completely change so they don't get upset or triggered. Yeah, that's about the best way to put it. Yeah, everything what, yeah. has to be fixed for me. So when I walk around, I don't get upset. Here, I can read you this. The 28-year-old singer and actress and recovering bulimic went on Instagram with a tirade against the Los Angeles frozen yogurt shop, a big chill, saying their sugar-free options were triggering for people like her with eating disorders. She also called them diet culture vultures, whatever the <laughs> fuck that is. And I'm like, well, you mean uh, I don't get a sugar-free option because it triggers you? I mean, really? Do you really think the world is set up for you? How do you? What kind of parenting do you get to think that the world should revolve around you? Well, she got the same parenting as a lot of other people because Hmm. everyone's saying, oh, this shouldn't be said and don't say that and you need to know my pronoun or I get upset. How am I supposed to know your pronoun? I just saw you. I just met you. I know. Too much. <laughs> too much bullshit. Just like, give just, me your you know, pronoun and be quiet. <laughs> I just remember at 28, all I did was, I, I, I think at that point I was living in Detroit, uh, where it snowed a lot, and I drove a Valiant. So I, I remember my boss said, you, you open up the radio station at 6, you take over for the overnight guy. And I remember I'd be in like 12 feet of snow, literally, trying to drive this shitty car with no, no, I didn't even have snow tires. I didn't even know what that was. And I had to get there by six. Yeah, I had no time to think about sugar-free yogurt. I had no, <laughs> no, absolutely zero time. Uh, here, here's, here was her little rant, I guess. I left that yogurt store and didn't get the yogurt that I wanted. And then I had a hard time the rest of the weekend to be totally transparent. And that's probably something that nobody wants me to say. Like, I'm, I don't know. Right. But I'm human and I talk about my struggles. And I'm passionate, so I'm sorry that I got the messaging wrong. I'm sorry that I may have disappointed some people, but I'm not coming after a small business as someone with a lot of followers. That's not what I'm doing here. I'm coming, I walked into a situation that didn't sit right with me. My intuition said, speak up about this, so I did. Her intuition. Yeah. Well, that's like some of these uh, right-wing news organizations. They went and attacked Biden Biden's trying to put out a plan to, God forbid, fix the environment somewhat before everybody drops dead. And so part of it was the right wing media just made up this fact. They made up a fact. They went, um, he, Biden is trying to take away your red meat. You will not have hamburgers anymore. And, you know, and, and of course, Biden's coming idiots, after your hamburger. Right, they're coming, yeah, yeah, like, listen to this guy. Hey, this is from uh, Fox News. You guys. Say goodbye to your burgers if you want to sign up for the Biden climate agenda. That's the fight. And he does it in his announcer of news guy voice. It's like, say goodbye to your burgers <laughs> if you're signing up for the Biden agenda. It's like, you fuck, talk normal. And stop dividing people over stupid, false shit. And then it turned out, oh, here, here of one study in order to help hit the Biden administration's climate goals of reducing emissions by 50 percent from 2005 by 2030. Researchers say you'd have to cut about 90 percent of red meat from your diet. 
For yeah, Americans, that means a limit of four pounds of red meat per year, or break that down further, a single average-sized burger every month. No burgers on July 4th. No steaks on the Barbie. I'm sure middle America is just going to love that. So get ready. You can throw back a plant-based beer with your grilled Brussels. Plant-based beer. Does that kind of how beer is made? It's not made with it's red plants. meat. <laughs> plant-based beer sprouts and wave your american flag so then you know it came out that it was a totally made-up story had nothing to do with this and then they retracted but of course nobody gives a fuck friday about we told you about a study yeah the retraction's like lost from the university of michigan to give some perspective on president biden's ambitious climate change goals that research from 2020 found that cutting back how much red meat people eat would have a drastic impact on harmful greenhouse gas emissions the data was accurate but a graphic and a script incorrectly implied that it was part of biden the guy goes a script implied it, it was him he was no, reading you the script. Implied. yeah a script implied who's a script but what kind World of retraction is, is this? There's so much information before he says Biden didn't say that, that you don't know what's going on. According to our sources, President Joseph Biden Jr. wants to put Ronald McDonald in Guantanamo Bay and execute the Burger King. This is a, an atrocity. He's waterboarding Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah waterboarding wendy from wendy's <laughs> so it's all fucked up it's all fucked up you can't do anything they put now they just write bullshit and lies you know and and, and people believe it and and these people go home at night and have a good night's sleep and get up in the morning and spew more bullshit yeah uh, yeah. even phase them what they're doing. And, and and God forbid there's some sort of initiative to actually take uh, what's going on on the planet seriously, maybe clean up some of this shit. I don't know. I think it's pretty great. But, I mean, it seems like somebody trying is a good idea. But getting back to this whole thing of Karen's with Gary, um, this Demi Lovato, uh, I don't know her. Didn't she try to kill herself or something? She was very Well, upset. she's had a couple of overdoses. Yeah. And I think, you know, she was a bulimic and, you know, the usual, the self-harm, da-da-da-da-da-da. If you've taken drugs and overdosed, I mean, do you really care about sugar and your yogurt? I mean, I would uh, think... Triggered think, me. Triggered me. Hmm. <laughs> Is that a Karen? Is she a Karen, Gary? Because yes. she lectured the yogurt shop on what should be... Like, she knows about yogurt shops and how, it, she's never run one. She's never had a small business. Um, she's a, you know. she's a Karen. Usually, a Karen will fight with the people there. But it, uh, other, you know, another thing Karen does is go on social media to tell the whole world what somebody's doing wrong that they don't know how to. You know, they shouldn't even be involved in. Well, and here she says it's something like intuition that made them do this. Right. They know, yeah. well, you know, that this here's is wrong. The thing. Yeah, she right. said, you know, I have this thought, and then I told the whole world. And sometimes you have to wait before you put your every thought out to the whole world. Now, why wait? You got that little microphone and camera it's the... right there gary how can i wait <laughs> how do i wait when i've been triggered by sugar-free yogurt usually if i'm triggered by sugar-free yogurt i just kind of go Who, who's gonna give a fuck and i <laughs> and i move on with my day uh demi lovato says she will work with froyo shop 
to get messaging right. Oh, my. I will do whatever I can. And now it's her whole thing. Now she's going to have meetings with this poor bastard at the yogurt store who's now involved. It's like, honey, I don't have time to work with you on your froyo. I will do whatever I can to work Mm. with this froyo shop if they want to. To help align the messaging to where I feel safe going in there and I can eat the froyo that I <laughs> That's an apology. Feel safe. The, the frozen, the, the sugar free frozen yogurt attacked her. She doesn't feel I safe anymore going in there. I only wish this girl grew up where I grew up. You want to feel <laughs> unsafe. I mean, <laughs> you don't feel safe in the yogurt shop. Isn't because it getting a bit silly? Sugar free frozen yogurt. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it getting a little odd? It's, it's getting ridiculous because that's yeah. not how the world works. I will work with them on that. That is something I'm dedicated Good. to do because I want to make L.A. and this whole country a safer and this whole fucking world a safer environment. Nice. People with eating disorders, cool. disorders should be able to go in and feel safe wherever they go to eat. That's all I'm asking. Literally all it's I'm too asking. Much. So I'm You're so sorry if it got you got to toughen misconstrued. Up um, I just, I don't always get this right. No, it's just, I'm, you know, to I'm be sure goddamn ridiculous. in Afghanistan, this is at the top of everyone's mind, you know, right. <laughs> they don't even have a yogurt shop. <laughs> I know. Have you, have you seen like guys who come back from Afghanistan? Have you ever spent time with people who came back? I have actually, I've spent a lot of time with people who've come back from Afghanistan and they, they describe the horrors of just the hot weather. And, and and just the dry throat. And, of course, the potential of stepping on a bomb on every minute. That will trigger you. That I, I'm right with you. I don't feel safe. Yeah. <laughs> I might step on a bomb. Let me ask you something. So if you're a recovering alcoholic, how about every restaurant should stop serving alcohol so you won't be triggered? Is that a reasonable request? No. You've got to learn how to function in a world where there are people who can drink responsibly. It's the, and you know, people who I have a person, want sugar-free frozen yogurt. Well, I have a person in my life who's, you know, who was an alcoholic. Uh, starting at a, at a fairly young age. And, and, they, and they said to me once, can, you know, I, I said to my family, I don't want them drinking alcohol around me. And I said to them, listen. I'm no expert on alcoholism, and I don't know your family from a hole in the wall. But it seems to me you're going to be in a lot of places where there are alcohol, including your family. And I know it's difficult. I'm not being insensitive here, and I know you're struggling. But you're going to have to learn. Like, not everyone's going to put away alcohol because you're in the room. You're going to really have to learn. And and the person says to me, you know, you're right. You're right. I got to really fucking toughen up here because... I can't keep asking everywhere I go to stop drinking alcohol. I can't. That's, so that's right. right. That's, uh, you know, where are you going to eat food? There's plenty of booze there. Yeah. So I don't even understand what's so triggering about sugar-free yogurt. Is it the fact that the yogurt is like, like in other words, by offering that, you're saying you're fat if you eat regular yogurt? I mean, I don't even know what the fuck. I'm trying to figure right. this out. I'm trying out. to reach out to wherever she went, and I think... The messaging uh, for her is that there's something wrong with eating a frozen yogurt if uh, you have body issues. 
Oh. And so this sugar-free frozen yogurt is just triggering all of her body issues. No offense, but how about not even eating frozen yogurt? It's shitty for you. It's Uh-oh, empty now calories. you're going to get into trouble. But is it, how oh. dare why? you tell me I can't eat frozen yogurt? <laughs> yeah, I guess, but yeah, so I'm in trouble. I mean, I don't know what to say. I mean, I don't eat that shit. Frozen Howard, yogurt? I'm not going to waste my calories on that crap. But isn't that why it was invented? In other words, ice cream is regular sugar. And frozen right. yogurt is, it's a shitty version of ice cream if you don't want all the calories, theoretically. Yeah, but it is the same calories. Yeah, I mean. Exactly. It's, it's Especially when you put the, the top. I love people who go to the frozen yogurt store and they go, I'm saving calories. Now put the M&Ms on top and the coconut chip What is top. a, what, what, so she is the definition of a Karen, right? According to you. Yes, yeah, she's, she certainly falls into that category. But there's a lot of different Karens. There's, they, you know. Uh, but but I, I always say like the old show Bewitched, Mrs. Kravitz, who was the next door neighbor, who was in right. everybody's business, knows knows better than everybody on the block. She knows what to do. So I'm obsessed with Karen's. Like I scour the internet, Howard. Just this is all for my own fun. Okay, um, this is uh, from Dictionary.com. Karen is a pejorative slang term for an obnoxious, angry, entitled, and often racist middle-aged white woman who uses her privilege to get her way or police other people's behaviors. Yes. Okay, got it. Yeah. All right, you got some good examples? I'm going to start you off with a great one because this is this is like the dumbest thing in the world for someone to be involved in. I'm going to call this one Yacht Karen. Uh, so, of course, as soon as yachts are involved, you know this woman's entitled. So she was at a boat dock, and she was recorded freaking out because um, there was a boat next to hers. She's not sure, but she doesn't believe that that, that boat belonged in that spot. And she wanted that person to know he doesn't belong there. Okay. Be quiet, be quiet. This is not, are you 35? Look, look, look. Have you paid for this lot? Did you pay for it? It is not booked until June fucking 1st. Okay, sir. Karen. So there is no right for you to be here. Okay, Karen. I am not fucking Karen. Oh, no, okay. no right for you to be here. Okay. Okay, who is it this person? Okay. Okay. You paid to moor your boat here. There would be no issue, sir. Yeah. Just go to your home. Uh, uh, what number? This is thirty-five. Really? Just go to your yes. home. So what's the problem with thirty-five? That you do not book this fucking flight. Get away. So what if I have thirty-five? Don't hit. No one touch me. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So, he triggered her. So now I'm gonna call the police on you. So it yeah. seems like that guy, I can't tell for sure, but it sounds like he's a black guy too, right? So I she figured so, yeah. he probably doesn't, he shouldn't even have a boat because in her mind. He can have a boat and he right. certainly didn't book this slot. But what is her business? She paid for her slot, her, her spot, right. right? What does she care what's going on next door to her? How is that her business? So great. And I like how they go from zero to like screaming, like, like. Like maniacally. I mean, it's like her voice can't even stay with her. (laughs) But they do it with no warning. It's like, it's like, boom, wow. And then I guess in a way they are used to getting their way because the screeching is so intense. You're kind of like, oh, I got to get out of here. But you know what it reminds you of? Remember when you had two year olds and they used to throw tantrums? Yeah. This is how they would sound. I don't remember my kids ever sounding like this. This is insane. This is worse than a tantruming two-year-old. Yeah. I don't remember my daughters ever getting to that level. You know, they'd be like, you tell them no, and they'd be like, oh, I want to do it. You know, but not like, like that screeching. 
Well, you'd never had a tantruming two-year-old then. I've seen them in, you know, and you know what's stores, crazy? supermarkets. Yeah, well, we didn't take the kids out, so. <laughs> That's why you didn't saw that. Listen to, Listen to that. I mean, this what, is like what a is wild that? animal. Yeah, like what? what is going on? That's a grown-ass woman. And, and I love when the dudes are like super calm, like, okay, Karen. Right. Gotcha. So you you don't think I have this uh, boat? You don't think this is my boat? <laughs> I think What's the guys the don't get it. Thirty five. That's a good one. All right. What do you got next? Um, this one was in the news a little bit. I call this courtside, Karen. This was at a Lakers game. <laughs> so this twenty five year old model was at the game, sitting courtside, and she got she started giving LeBron James shit. She started like you know started a fight with him. So they threw her out of the game. They told her to fucking leave. And this is her uh, explaining after she got thrown out how she's the victim. By the way, this Karen, I saw this video. She's super hot. Yes. Which is even worse because then you really feel entitled when you're hot. So here you go. Let me tell you, LeBron James looked at my husband during the game and cussed him out. And I stood up and I go, don't fucking talk to my husband. Talk to my husband one more time and I will fuck you up. And he started fighting with me. He goes, shut your bitch. And I go, you shut your fucking mouth, bitch. And all of a sudden, now I'm getting kicked out. Excuse me, I have courtside seats that I pay for. Fuck you, LeBron. You're a fucking pussy. Get the fuck out of here. You're going to let a 25-year-old girl intimidate you during a game? Bye, bitch. (laughs) I don't know about you guys, but if my girl was at a game and someone was talking to me and my girl didn't stand up for me, I would reevaluate that relationship. So for all of you clowns saying, your wife's a gold digger, guess what? If I was a gold digger, I would sit back and mind my own fucking beeswax and I wouldn't open my mouth. But guess what? I'm not a gold digger. That's my husband. I love him. Someone disrespects him, I will check him, whether it's LeBron James or a fucking bum on the street. What a dummy. My dick shriveled up when I saw this video. Uh, and you asked me why the world is so screwed up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, LeBron James, just keep quiet and watch the game, honey. Stop. Yeah, why are you getting involved? Yeah. You're supposed to be there to watch the game, not get into the game. And she's hot, so she thinks she should be involved with LeBron James. You know what I mean? Like, well, let hey. me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care who you are. <laughs> she she was loving the attention. And then, of course, uh, she got a lot of backlash. So she deleted her Instagram account, went private. Good. <laughs> Couldn't take it. <laughs> All right. What else you got? These are okay, good. So, you know, the, you know, the food service DoorDash. It's basically, you know, you order food and like an Uber type, you know, takes brings it to your house. So. This woman was a, a, a driver for DoorDash, and she gets to this guy's house. This is all recorded on one of those ring cameras, and she's not happy with her tip. And she's going to let this guy know that he did not tip her enough. And so here's the exchange they had. So the driver is the Karen. Yes. I drove 40 minutes, and it was extremely far, and I got it to you early. So I don't think you realize where you work from. I'm not, I don't understand. Do you realize you ordered from Carmack and you're in Smithtown? That's a that's a 15, 20 minute drive. It's not. You need to try to drive it. I just drove it. It's 40 minutes. It's it's 12 and a half miles. So I don't think you realize how far it is. So I think you need to adjust your tip to make it right. How much is the tip? You gave an $8 tip. 
What the hell are you looking for? I gave an eight dollars. Okay, I'm gonna bring the food back. I'm gonna bring the food back. Okay. Is she fucking kidding? So she oh, took his food. He, she didn't even deliver his food. I think it was like an eight dollar tip on like a thirty dollar bill or something like that. It was you know uh, it was like a hundred dollar bill. Right. Yeah, these things come, you know, when you're ordering, they you leave the tip on your credit card. You when you make the right. order, you put the tip in. Yeah, my and, concept of of DoorDash is you never have to interact with the driver. That's, that's what the right. beauty is. Exactly. The whole idea is you <laughs> never have to talk to the driver, see the driver. You yeah. just get your food. <laughs> oh man, that dude got a lecture, and she took his food away <laughs> and took yeah. the food. Yeah. What else you got? Um, this Karen went viral. She live streamed herself on Facebook. Uh, she got removed from her kid's elementary school, and now she's going <laughs> to go on and, and explain why the school has wronged her. I went back um, after I found the no trespassing order that I got from the school. You want to hear something? I'm suing the fucking... Yeah, yeah, stop right there. You got a no trespassing from your kid's school, <laughs> and you're somehow going to justify that? You fucking weirdo. Oh, my God. What do they do? Like, how do they get... You mean these people go, go right to Instagram to announce their stupidity? Well, this was Facebook. You can live stream yourself on Facebook. So whoever is following you, you're basically doing a television show so live great. for whoever's following you. Elementary school. I'm suing Roseau County School. I'm fucking shutting that whole entire fucking school. Amy McGuire, <laughs> principal, Roseau Elementary School. Guess what, Amy? You're never going to be able to work in elementary ever again. Cool. When I'm fucking done with you. Fucking want to say that you're a principal to fucking kids. I just fucking broke my bracelet. That's how fucking angry I am. Oh, no. You want to fucking lie, Miss McGuire? Do you? <laughs> Guess what? Fucking Mom. Roseau County fucking school. I'm coming for your fucking ass. I'm suing you fucking big for fucking serving this to me in front of my fucking son. <laughs> when my fucking son was looking at Mommy. me like, Mom, what's happening? Mom, what's happening? He was panicking because there was a fucking sheriff there. A sheriff fucking put his hands on me in front of my baby. Raina, here's the fucking deal, you fucking piece of shit. Get the fuck off of my fucking Facebook. Yeah, I am a little bit fucking crazy it's my fucking babies you fucking piece of shit yeah they got they, they, i i was talking to a guy um he was a school shooter he thought this woman was insane he i was gonna like say it. she's yeah. raising a president that's what she's yeah. doing <laughs> in, all, in all fairness she did but later say that she was not she was not on her meds at the time <laughs> she, she did she is did that what she that. said yeah oh she's on meds and then she wasn't on the meds when she made this she forgot that's to correct. take them and look what happened oh so she's saying she was wrong because she wasn't on her meds. She didn't say she was wrong. She just said she wasn't on her meds. I don't know that she's... And what, and maybe what, she would what have is, expressed herself better. Why was she at the school and the sheriff had to take her away? Well, I, I don't know the whole story, but I get the impression that, you know, this isn't a new thing. Because right. she said she's already been banned from the school. <laughs> uh, look at this note. In 2019, that woman appeared on, I don't know if this is true, appeared on Dr. Phil after she live-streamed herself leading police on a chase through South Dakota. What? <laughs> I don't know. What's going on with people? Well, I told you, I think we have rampant mental illness in this country. Well, I, I think I'm with you on that. 
I will tell you this. Yeah. And I don't want to make it all about me, but, but my mother used to have rants that were very similar to that in public, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and she also wasn't on her meds at the time, but, um, we went to, we went to go school shopping and, uh, the credit card didn't work. And my mother started taking the clothes and throwing them at the woman. And oh, I remember no. she took the sneakers out of the box, my Converse, and she hit the woman in the head with a Converse sneaker. And the woman's <laughs> like, they called security and they had to drag my mother out. Do you think that's why you're obsessed with Karen's? I mean, I know, I know your history and I know your mom. I knew your mom, you know, not well, but I knew her enough and I knew the history. I've heard every Mrs. Delabate story. She, you know, she had an, she had mental illness. Do you think that's why you're obsessed with Karen's? It could be. I mean, she, she definitely had an opinion and everyone had to know it and it, and she was definitely always right. So maybe it is, maybe it is. I mean, Gary's mom was so out of it. Like she picked up the phone, called my mom to complain about me. <laughs> <laughs> it was horrible. It was crazy, yeah. right, Gary? I mean, Gary was so hey, pissed. He goes, mom, I'm a grown ass man. I don't need you picking up the phone <laughs> and calling Howard's mother. It was just so ridiculous. I mean, it was just so insane. And, and, uh, yeah, yeah. But do you realize like, was, something? Do you realize how huge your mother would be on social media today? Because you know, if your mother oh, had had this oh kind my of goodness, access, could figure out how to work FaceTime. <laughs> oh my God, she would have been the biggest star throwing sneakers at, at uh, people who work in stores. She would have been fucking huge. That's Howard, the right. thing I remember was she'd be bigger than Joe Rogan. She'd the be woman, queen the hair. woman that the woman she was throwing the sneakers <laughs> at was so it was, it was so awful. The woman, she, she got, she had called security and she had curled in the corner, you know, like, like, like a, like a, oh, your mom? Avoid, no, no, the no, woman the that woman my mom was throwing shit at. Behind the oh. counter. Oh. So she curled in the corner. She was like, you know, like, like she was like a soldier at war and she's like, <laughs> you need to get up right away, right away. This woman's, she's, she's throwing things at me. How did it get resolved? Like, 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 did you have to drag your mom out or? Well, whatever work? happening was before security came, you know, my mother was done and she's like, we're leaving. And I'm like, thank God. And Good. Like stormed out. So we never like that. You might have like, seen oh. her locked up. Yeah, the lady in the store is like, oh, no, don't leave. I haven't made a sale yet. What was she upset about? That the clothing was it, what? No, no, no the this credit was card didn't work. Oh, the credit it, card wouldn't clear. This is back oh. in the day. The credit card was my in my dad's name, and my mom used to use it. It usually worked, <laughs> but in this particular case, she's like, hey, it's not your name, so we can't use it. That made my mother go nuts. Oh. God, your mother would be so, she'd have like 20 million followers now. Well, that, the worst part is she would have wanted to be famous and, and she would have thought that, you know, she would not have understood the repercussions. So you're 100 percent right. God, if your hobby had been like videotaping her, you know how many mm. fucking great videos you'd have of her now? I mean, I did. You know, it's crazy that you say that because I got a cassette player for Christmas once and I recorded her <laughs> when she was having one of her crazy rants at home and I it? played it back for her when she was normal. Just so she could hear it, and she was very dismissive of it. She's like, right. "Oh, I, 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 you know, I they get rid of that." She's probably like, "You know what? Uh, th that crazy lady is correct. Uh, you know." <laughs> but would, I would stand her? You still got the tape? <laughs> no, I lost oh, it. It was years ago. I wish I did. I really because what a brilliant use. Like I remember, my dad got me a tape recorder, and I'd go up to my bedroom, make these stupid little like radio shows, and you know, pretend I was characters. I mean. I should have just taped the fucking ridiculousness of my parents. I should have hit a mic. Yeah. You could have had you a mic. I mean, I would have had a, 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 a plethora of great material. Today, you could just animate that <laughs> with their original voices. It, it would be unbelievable. And, and 
if Gary had taped it, because his mother had meltdowns regularly. She was batshit crazy. <laughs> Gary will so tell you. Sure. I'm not saying anything I, out of school. That no, no, was no. the diagnosis, actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like so she sure. went to the shrink. They said batshit crazy. <laughs> I was so sure. This is, I mean, I must have been like nine or ten. I was so sure that when I played that for my mom, in my mind, that right. she was going to completely go, oh, my God, I can't believe that's me. I'm I so gotta sorry. Get help. I'm never going to do that again. Yeah, exactly. Well, you no. know what that's like? Beth uh, tapes me when I snore. Because we read that if you play the tape of people snoring back to them, they will never snore again. They're so mortified. But she's played it for me like 50 times. So I'm like, wow, I didn't know I snored. That's pretty cool. Like I, but I, you keep continue to snore, right? Oh, absolutely. Well, yeah, that's my point. That's, people say a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah, Gary's mom was a trip, man. She would be the biggest fucking so. She was like ahead of her time. She was pre-Karen. Gary, <laughs> she was be- your mom. She was Karen before Karen was cool. Yeah. <laughs> if your mom was alive now, she'd have a show on Fox News. I guarantee it. She'd be on right after Tucker Carlson. Well, I'll tell you this: that all of the like all of the th- the trauma in my life that I remember was when my you know my mom was like, listen, she was cool when she wasn't when she was on her meds. She was awesome. But you never right. knew where that was going to be. Yeah, I know. I, I used to hang out with her a little bit. She was she when, was on her best behavior. But when she went off, and, like, I remember, like, I kind of just hoped she would, like, stay in that little box we lived in. And she she was, um, we did a school trip once. I was in fifth grade. She oh, offered no. to be the mom that came with us. So the first thing is. Were you shaking when you find out that your mom is volunteering? Because you're like, I know what this woman is. And if she has a breakdown in front of if my friends. If anything goes wrong. Right. Yeah. yeah. So two yeah. things happened that day that that's, have scarred me for life. The first is, you know, the entire fifth grade is going to New York City. So it's like seven buses. So my mother <laughs> now is late. fifth grade. My, my, my mother now is late. So now seven buses are all waiting to go. And I realized that they're, they're, they're like, we're waiting for Mrs. Delabate. She'll be here any minute. And I'm like, I don't, everyone's looking at me. So she held up the entire thing for 20 minutes. Her car wouldn't start. She got a neighbor to drive her. And then we get there. I remember we were on the uh, the top of the Empire State Building. And uh, some of the kids were misbehaving. And she started yelling at them. Oh. Which I, don't, I just want to be invisible. You know what She's I mean? like I King Kong at the top of the Empire State Building. So she took her shoe off the heel. And she oh. started chasing them around. With the, she's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit you with this heel if you don't listen. And I'm oh just like, oh. So of course, when I went back to school the next day, everyone was like, Hey, man, what's with your mom? Which is right. so what, not what you want in fifth grade. Oh, if you had had a video camera, you realize like your mom would be a regular on Doctor Phil. Doctor Phil, like, Hey, <laughs> guess who's back today this week? Everyone loves her, Mrs. Delabate. And then I, oh. I mean, listen, if we're going down the list of things, you know, the, the biggest one which I I wrote about in my book was. um we had, you know, we had issues with our next door neighbor. And our next door neighbor was not a great person either. But my mother and her were always at odds and they were always fighting. So <laughs> did they the, fight the over woman, the property line? Well, so yeah. something happened and my mother went over there and she said, don't do that anymore. And the woman gave my mother the middle finger and she goes, fuck you. So my mother got so enraged, like that woman in the last clip, <laughs> that she started, she, she was just looking for something to wreck. So she started to pull out the woman's plants. Right, like pulled, she, was pulling oh the plants, she pulled the plants out of the ground, and then the woman came out. Then my mom started. So, oh man, my mom started hitting her over the head with the roots of the plants. <laughs> so of course the police ah, were called, like the Three Stooges. <laughs> so of course the police were called, and then you know my mom was in the back of a police cruiser, 
And, you know, they talked to my mom and they talked to the woman and they decided not to press charges. But, of course, the entire neighborhood came out. That was the entertainment for the evening. So everyone on the block saw my mom in the back of the police car. You know, it's crazy, too. You know, like, who even knows what triggered, to use that popular word, your mom? You know, it's like probably something so dumb. And, and and then to beat someone with their own plants is so sort of brilliant. <laughs> you know what I mean? How insulting. <laughs> it's like when a karate guy beats you up with his foot. He doesn't even bother <laughs> punching you in the face. You know what I mean? Like to beat you with your I beat you with your own plants. I mean, your mom was like, let me ask you this. Cause you, you know, this is the thing I don't get about crazy people. They go to a doctor. The doctor says, okay, with medication, we can help you. Mm. Why do fucking crazy people always hate taking their medicine? Like, this was like, not what the is problem. That? This was, oh. not, this was, my mother had the opposite problem. My mother went to multiple doctors and never right. told any other doctor what she was on. Oh. So they would prescribe her all the stuff. <laughs> and then my mother had, you know, seriously, when, when, when I moved my mother out of her house in Florida, it was one of the most cathartic days of my life. My mother had probably over 150 pill bottles. She never threw any of them away, whether they expired or not. And my mom self-medicated. So she was like, she would look at, she had a good memory, which was crazy. And she would say, if she was feeling depressed that day, well, the doctor said, take one of these, but I feel really bad today. So I'm going to take three of them. Oh my. Right. And then there's this other one that was going to help. So I'm going to take two of those. So my mom was like, was mixing medication. And I remember I tried at one, <laughs> I tried at one point to get her, I wanted to get her to go to a doctor where she would just bring everything. He would throw it all away and go, let's start new. Right. This is right. what you should be on, but she wouldn't do it. No, she was she first it. in a lot of things, Howard, because, you know, that's what people started doing today. They'd have multiple doctors giving them right. prescriptions. She was the first person to do a lot of things. Yes. She'd be a huge star in like Real Housewives of Long Island. I mean, she oh, would my be. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Jesus. You'd Gary. only need one housewife with his mother. <laughs> so no wonder you're on the Internet looking up Karen's. I mean, you lived with Karen, the ultimate Karen. Yes, I did. I don't even was, You know what? He was a good dad. I don't even know how he learned how to be a good. Oh, like he had a pretty good father. His father was like, your mom's crazy. Your mom's a bad chick crazy. Don't listen to her. So I think that's what <laughs> saved Gary and his brothers. Yeah, you wonder because, how he how she tricked him, though. She couldn't have been acting like this before he married her. Could he? Could she? She must have been so medicated when she fooled Mr. <laughs> Delabate into marrying her. Well, here's the other thing. He tried to get away from her a bunch of times. He divorced her a couple. Didn't she he? wouldn't leave him alone. Her? She'd follow okay. him. He, he, everybody claims that everything was good and that after either my, me or my brother, she had postpartum and that was the beginning. So at the beginning, she was normal. But, you know, again, when you talk about trying to hide stuff. Yeah. I, and Mary gives me shit for this all the time. I hid my mom from Mary for a pretty good chunk of time. You know what Mark. I mean? Like I, yeah. like I was able to keep my mom on her best behavior all while we were dating. And through the, you know, when we got married, there were a couple of issues where my mom called and, you know, but I, I was always managed to like, you know how like you run home and you get the mail before something, you know, the, the note about you cutting school gets in the mail. I always managed to get to the phone first. And I remember I came home from work one day and Mary was on the phone and she looked, she was white as a ghost. And I remember she goes, why are you talking to me like this? And I was like, oh, my mom got a hold of her. She got her. She, my mom was, she started yelling at her and. What was she and, yelling at her about? So, I don't know. Something stupid. I mean, it, it, right. Like the most ridiculous thing, like, you know, uh, she doesn't get to see her grandkids enough or, or, um, I, it could have been any, it could have been any of a number of, of transgressions that we wouldn't know we were doing. You and were smart Mary, though, because you kept your mother away from Mary because you know, some women will look at the mother and go, 
well, he must be nuts, and he's just concealing it from me because, uh, you know. Well, I was. Met, yeah, right. If she well, had met but your... you weren't nuts. Your mother was nuts. That's what you were concealing. She might have thought, yeah. well, that's got to be in his bloodstream, too. You know what? I'm not going to goof on you for your relaxation hobby of listening to vinyl anymore. You need vinyl. <laughs> if I was you, I'd inject vinyl into my head. <laughs> oh, my God. And take a nap at work whenever you want. Yeah, you know what? You deserve You've earned it. You, you go to sleep right now. It's so weird. I've told every one of these stories on the air, but never all at once. I'm already exhausted. I know. What's weird is when Gary's mom was sort of at the end and, you know, she was in a home and everything. She actually became really fucking pleasant because she lost oh all that. Yeah, she lost all this wackiness for some reason. Like wow. I guess because of what she have Alzheimer's or something. No, 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 no. She had she had a um, she had a car accident. She almost died. She had a pretty serious brain injury. Oh. And then I went to go see her, and she was so not, my the last ten years of my life. My, my my mother was so nice. My my wife was like, "Where was this lady?" You know, it's she like was the very. Brain, it's like the brain injury knocked some sense into her. It was like she got a lobotomy, but it was by car accident. Yeah. 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 It must have been one of those fabulous new uh, self-driven cars that, uh, <laughs> <I> <laughs> that remember, also operate remember, on your brain. I remember it was the first um, the first year that she was in the nursing home, and I went to go and visit her, and it was something about, um, uh, she goes, where were you today? And uh, I said, oh, well, I took the kids to the parade. And my mother goes, um, I like parades. And I thought, here comes the, why didn't you fucking come and pick me up? And I was waiting right. for like, the huge thing, and she goes, "Well, I hope you had a good time." And I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> Usually, that was that was going to be a big fight. Why didn't you call me? Why did you take me? Jesus, if you like, like forty years earlier, if you had just gotten her into a car accident, you would have had a whole different childhood. <laughs> yeah, just Jesus. run over her. She'll be. You know, alive. you know when they say that person it just needs a good smack upside the head. <laughs> like his, his mom just needed that. She just needed a good knock. Uh. But it she had to incredibly... be surgical. It had to be the yeah. right knock. <laughs> it doesn't it sound very... like something Marvel would have, like, like put in a comic book and you go, that I don't believe that. So she's batshit crazy. She gets in a car accident and suddenly she's, like, completely cured. All well, the medication is, couldn't do it. There is a phenomenon when people have, you know, massive concussions Trauma. and so forth of their head. I mean, I, I'm talking about a brain injury. That another personality can emerge. That's because right. Because once when I was, or another language or whatever, but once when I was, you know, still working as a nurse, this guy would, you know, he was recovering and he would pull up a stool in the nurse's station every night and give us a stand-up comedy routine that was brilliant. Oh, because he got... He, when he finally recovered... He had no recollection of it, and wow. he was extremely shy and would never be in front of an audience. He turned into like Richard Pryor. <laughs> it was I, crazy. I mean, I it's this? like, it, it's so, remember that movie, Throw Mama from the Train? Yes. If they had just thrown Mrs. Delabate from the train, she and, and if she survived, she would have been like totally. Any cured. accident would have done. You know how they always in the in the soap operas when somebody's pregnant and you don't want them to be pregnant, you throw them down a flight yeah. of stairs. How just throw Mrs. Delabate down a flight of stairs. But you're right. I, like, I remember watching that's incredible. Remember that TV show years ago, hosted by John Davidson and some hot blonde. I can't think of her name, but. Kathy, wasn't she a Kathy Crosby? Crosby? Crosby, yeah, yeah, Kathy, Kathy Lee Crosby. Crosby, 
and she and they they had this guy on he had like some sort of tumor or something all of a sudden your brain injury and all of a sudden he could speak in different accents and, and languages like it was bizarre yeah. you know uh, gary's mom had a car accident god no she got she got did you know afterwards she could play guitar and she joined the e street band <laughs> well for two here's years the, here's, here's the most twisted thing about this whole thing howard this is really the most twisted thing so she has this accident, and now I got the mom I always wanted. I kind of miss the old mom. Really? Wow. Yeah. Because it wasn't her. You know what I mean? The right. person, it wasn't her anymore. And so, so it, I mean, I didn't miss the old mom all the time, but it really took away a lot of her personality. And I, yeah. I did miss. I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's throwing, not. Throwing shoes at the lady in the store. Chasing kids wow. with a high heels shoe <laughs> around the Empire State Building. I mean, See, when the crazy. Kennedys got Rosemary, that lobotomy, this is how they wanted it to go. They wanted her to come back like Mrs. Delabate, like, you know, yeah. but they fucked her they up so far. bad. She, they went too they far. Went, they took out too much too brain. They yeah. should have just put her in a car <laughs> and run into it. Uh, Rosemary is uh, um, uh, uh, acting out sexually. We're going to remove a piece of her brain. <laughs> We're going to make her into like Mrs. Delabate. She'll just be ever nice. But they went too far. The car was a better surgeon. Imagine little Gary standing there while his mom is throwing shoes. Having a complete meltdown. I don't have to imagine. When, uh, when Rosemary needed ever surgery, it was very expensive, but... We first we tried to just throw a coconut at our head <laughs> in the Bahamas. <laughs> first and, uh, we considered doing the Gilligan's Island approach. Just throw things at her. The Keith Richards approach. Drop a <laughs> coconut on her head. We heard about Mrs. Delabate's car accident and there, uh, we tried to uh, cure Rosemary. But we went too far. Uh, the surgeon uh, scooped out her brain with an ice cream scooper. And they went too far. They took they out took two scoops. Wrong part. Yeah, she was a one scooper and they took two. Every yes, like a Hagen Days. <laughs> Hagen Days. When uh, Rosemary got a uh, piece of her brain removed, uh, uh, we made it in. Uh, we took the little piece of brain and uh, made it into a necklace that mother wore. <laughs> We'd say, uh, uh, Rosemary, that's your brain on mother's neck. And she laughed and drooled. <laughs> Era, when those doctors got done with her, her skull was like an echo chamber. Hello? Yeah, the Kennedys I, I, removed, uh, uh, they tried to do a Mrs. Delabate on her. I do want to say one thing, though. You know, it's funny because, I, you know, my mom would be good for sometimes for stretches of time. And it wasn't always bad. It was probably right. better. It was good more than it was bad. But the thing was, you never knew. You never knew when uh, Doctor Jekyll or Mister Hyde was going to show up. Do you know what I mean? But like, my well, mom you know what it's like. To me, it's like you remember the old Jack in the Box. Yeah, and then you, you 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 just didn't know when that fucker was going to pop up. <laughs> my mom had a run. I remember my dad. I told she had a run of like five years where everything was great. You know yeah. what I mean? Where there was none of that. And then we're like, oh, that's wow. that's over. And then, you know, then it turned out it wasn't. But, you know, yeah, I, I, think she had a I think she had a chemical imbalance and I don't think the drugs were helping. 
I can only imagine when she said she was going to volunteer for the school trip. And then she gets up to the top of the Empire State Building, takes off her shoe and starts chasing kids with it. I would just kill my like my mother wanted like my mother was, you know, intense. But like and she wanted to be, she wanted me to join Cub Scouts. And she said she'd be the den mother. And I said, mm. I, I don't want to be a Cub Scout. There's no move. fucking way I want other kids dealing with you. Like that would be a curse. You, you you can barely handle me. You're going to start in with some other kids. And then if you start acting weird in front of those kids, it's on me. I got to deal with it. Poor you. Can I, can I just tell you, as long as we're doing this, you want one more? Okay. And then we'll get back to the Karen yeah. tapes. So now it's like, it's now I, you know, I got, I got a kid. Jackson's born. He's like a year old. And, and uh, you know, I don't live, I haven't lived with her in years. So everything's good. So, Mary and I decide that we're going to go out and we get um, a babysitter. It's a it's a guy I know in town, the guy that owns a local gas station. His daughter is 15. She's going to babysit. Right. So we it's our first, like it's one of our first nights out. So we're at this place pushing, you, know, you leave the number, and the phone rings, and the, the, the person at the other house goes, uh, hey, Gary, it's uh, so-and-so's dad is on the phone. So he goes to me, he's like, listen, uh, my daughter just called me. She's very upset. Your mom called. She's oh. threatening to kill herself. You know, all the stuff. So. Oh. So, so what, what happened? We get there. The babysitter's white as a ghost. What happened? She's sitting in his room and it was the answering machine. She never picked it up. You ever notice everyone around your mom is white as a ghost? Mary was white <laughs> as a were. ghost. I mean, yeah. she and they're that all effect. in like some kind of, uh, shock embryon, you know, like they're in that little fetal state position. They're position. balled up in a roll, rolled up in a ball. <laughs> so, 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 you know, th- we pay the girl like triple. She right. leaves, you know, she's traumatized. I mean, so Mary and I sit down and we're like, fuck, we can't even get a night out. And so, so we decide to play the answer machine to see what it was. And then we were like, oh, that, oh, I can't believe that, that thing. We're so used to that one. What did she say on the answering machine? She this was when her and my dad were going through a divorce. So she was like screaming, crying, like, I, but I knew that this was just, you know, her being it's hysterical, difficult. like, right. but she, she, you know, she's screaming, crying. She's like, your father left me to twist in the wind and I'm going to fucking kill myself. Man. And I knew that she didn't mean that, but a stranger wouldn't know that. A 15 year old would not know that. No, yeah. because I remember when I was around 15, my mom started in that she was going to go upstairs and kill herself. And I, and I was so immune to it after a while. I was just like, all right, do it already. Right. So, yeah. So but think- that's where Gary was. The 15 year old was like devastated. Yeah. <laughs> We expected so much worse. We're like, oh, that, that's just Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, that's no big deal. She's not really going to kill herself. That girl ought to tough it up. <laughs> I remember when, um, so Gary's dad finally just pulled the trigger on everything and said, fuck it, I'm getting out. So he finally got the divorce. And then like a couple of months later or something, Gary's father goes back to the mom living with her. Maybe it was, maybe it was, it was years. Year. It was a couple it was of years. years. I go, Gary, he got out. What happened? He goes, fuck. They didn't have a lot of money. So my dad's living in the basement of a house with like three other guys and a hot plate. And he had a way out. He had to go like, he had to say like, okay, do I go back to her? She says fucking crazy, but she has a couple of good days and I got a full kitchen there. Or do I stay in this basement with these dudes? And like, he went back. my dad said he went to, it was a house in Wanta, Long Island, right? So the guy advertised somehow. My dad got, got wind of that. There was a room available in this house. <laughs> My dad says he walks in. The house is completely empty. He said there's nothing in the house except for this, like, an Archie bunch, bunker chair, a little snack tray table, and a little TV on the table. 
And the guy that lived there was like sitting watching it. So clearly that guy got divorced and the wife took everything except for the chair. <laughs> the snack, snack tray. tray. Yeah. One of those TV tables. That it's pulled. so great. And you know, the wife, he probably hid the TV. She probably was like, I'm taking the TV table. I want him eating on the floor. <laughs> my dad said there was no other furniture. It was the craziest thing. There was no other furniture in the house. So my no. dad rented a room down the hallway. And that was like the saddest Christmas. I said, Dad, what do you want for Christmas? He said, I could use a hot plate. So oh. I bought him a hot plate. So he used to make soup. It's like, it's like in prison. You know, you make ramen yeah. noodles. Yeah, you could have brought him cigarettes. They could trade. <laughs> right. It's like, hmm, do I want to go back to like this woman who's like committing suicide every five minutes or eating cold beans out of a can on a hot plate? Hmm. I guess I'd go back to the woman. How'd they get along at the end? Like before your father died, like were they? Uh. You know, again, I, I don't know. I tried to get an answer from my dad why he went back. He never really could fully explain because he was living on Long Island and she moved to Florida. Right. So he went down to Florida and they lived together for like four or five years. And I even said to my dad, are like, are you guys a couple or are you just maybe your mom? Together? I always had a theory. Your mom was good in bed. I mean, she had a pretty good body, you know, for an older woman. And, and I don't think crazy so. people I mean, I don't know, like I don't know about that. But when I asked my dad, I'm like, are, are you a couple or and my dad goes, I don't know. Like when he was on the way, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> he wasn't even sure. He wasn't even sure. So he went, Do you think he, he was there. banging her? No, because they had separate rooms in this little tiny trailer they lived in. They had like a Jeff the Drunk type trailer, but it was better. It was, you know, it was better than it looked like, it looked like a pretty decent place. And, uh, there was, there, there were literally bedrooms on each side of the house. And she yeah. was in the one on one side. He was in the one on the other side. And then, you know, Jesus. again, if we're going down this road, I might as well let it all out there. And, you know, at the end, I would go there and, and he, she would like make him food and he would go, you know, I don't like this. And they were always bickering over, <laughs> they were just always bickering over dumb shit. So my dad, you know, had cancer. He was really sick and he was in this place. And then he said he didn't want to, he didn't want to die in that place. He wanted to come home to, you know, to this, this little trailer. Right. So he came home and, and, you know, I've talked about that. I had a brother who died of AIDS and his name was Steven. So it was like the last day and, uh, and my mother's holding his hand and, 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 she says, it's time to go, Sal. Go, go be with Stephen. And my father started to say something, and my mother couldn't hear, and she put her, she, my mom told me the story, and yeah. she put her ear up to my dad's mouth, and he said, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's give me, like, give me a minute. Where are the roses? <laughs> yeah, it's time to go be with Stephen. Just shut the fuck up. My mother thought that was, she, first of all, my mother thought that was the funniest story in the world, because it really was their relationship. <laughs> And I said, you know, she said, you can tell that story on the air if you want. I'm like, all right. So I did. Okay. Happy to. Let me tell you. the worst thing that had ever happened. <laughs> I told you your mom would have been an internet sensation. Would have been a whole different life for you guys. Jesus Christ. But her fa the poor father could never get away. All the other yeah. boys, the boys left one at a time. And he was you know duck. You know, Gary, if the old man had had a couple of bucks, he could, you know what it is. Your mom probably cleaned right. them out and uh, whatever he had, he had it like, so he was broke. I was surprised when they got divorced. You know, they got divorced after 43 years, right? right. Which is, you know, which is crazy. And after my brother died, I thought like, okay, well, they've been, you know, we're all gone. They've been through all this. So you no. know, they're just going to, they're going to ride it out. And then, you know, oh. and then he moved out. He, moved. <laughs> he tried. Very good. Uh, we should go back to Karen's before you jump out the window. <laughs> yeah. You look like you're right. going to cry. So, no, I'm okay. I'm going to be all right. Yeah, right, right. I just, they're mm -hmm. just funny telling these stories all at once. All right. Back to Karen. So we talked about entitled Karen. So now let's just get to straight up racist Karen's. 
These are, you know, so this is a racist Karen. She was in Southwest Florida. She was yelling at a worker whose truck was blocking her driveway. A black guy? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And you're on my shit list. And if you think I'm going to have a fucking nigger tell me he's not moving off my driveway, well, think I you can't use that fucker did. You can't use that language. I can use the word nigger all goddamn motherfucking You're day. harassing us now. You're harassing us. No, really? Did I touch him? Did I assault him? Did I hurt him? Yes, that's an insulting word. Fuck you, fuck you, and fuck you. Good, the cops are coming. Tell them I called y'all niggers. What the fuck ever? I didn't call y'all niggers. I called the fat ass You cannot say that. I will move this truck right now for your trailer. I can't say nigger. Please bring it to me in writing. God, they tantrum so much. I mean, right? They go from, it's like they go from zero to 60. I mean, it's like the N-word. You can't park here. I love the law. If that yeah, becomes right. legal, you bring that law to me. <laughs> yeah. They always well, know the law. Of course, they haven't graduated <laughs> high school. Even so even the, Mel Gibson is like, you know, hey, easy. You know, enough with that. So the great part about this is it goes viral. So the local news goes to interview her about this and ask her for an explanation. And she's not, she doubles down. Oh, I went to Brashear's home. She didn't want to come out to talk on camera, but she spoke with me on the phone. I, and over the course of the video, say it a hundred times in thirty seconds. There's nothing illegal about saying it. Do you feel that it's okay to use that derogatory Absolutely. word? Absolutely. Do I have reasons to be racist? Absolutely, I do. I asked her about people calling her racist online. One thing you need to get get straight from coming from me. I don't care who's upset. I don't care that I'm called right. a racist. <laughs> no, she's proud to say she is racist. Hey. <laughs> she's got reason to be. I can tell you this. No way she I think she blew her chance of becoming the next bachelorette. I don't think ABC <laughs> will do business with her. <laughs> you know what? I think I'd rather have my mom beat up the neighbor with plants than uh have a racist <laughs> Karen for a mom. Cause that's even more, you know, reprehensible. You got more? I do. I do have more. Oh, my God. Um, you remember, um, this was a really famous Karen. This was the one they called Soho Karen. So this is a young girl. She was staying at a hotel in Soho. I think this was over the winter. And she um, she couldn't find her phone. So the first black kid she saw, this 14-year-old black kid, she immediately accused him of taking her phone, and then she tackled him. Oh, yeah, I saw this one. This is Yeah, great. I've seen her on, like, uh Current affair. Oh, we're going to get to that. Don't worry, Robin. She talked to Gail <laughs> King. But first, this is more amazing is I didn't even know current affair was around. <laughs> I don't think it is. It is. You don't have to explain nothing to her. Take the face off. That's mine. Literally, give me the back. Are you kidding me? You feel like there's only one one iPhone made in the world? No. Okay, then show me the. Show no, me you can get get a life. Over yeah, there. No, What's on your last round? You better go use find find my iPhone. Go yeah, do that. Find my iPhone is off. Can, on that right right no, no, you can't. No. I'm the manager of the hotel. I don't yes, care. He will. This is right my now. son. Hey, Didn't you see me just come downstairs out of the fucking elevator? I'm trying to help. Man. No, but you're not helping. I what am. you've been is disrespectful. No, I'm trying to settle this no. situation. We, I'm, I'm my son that. has nothing to do with her. No. I'm trying to figure yeah, out what's going on. Poor guy. Of course, you know, if they weren't such all dummies, they, they, they'd say, hey, look. What's your phone number? The hotel manager could have taken his phone, called the number. If the, right. if the phone if rang. If it didn't ring in the kid's pocket, right. it's not That's his. it. Well, Howard, it's not her. say that. Because had they done that, it would have rang in the back of the Uber she left it in, and the guy would have picked it up and said, I have your phone. Right. That's where it was. She left it in the back of an Uber. 
Look at this. She got multiple felony charges for this incident. Attempted robbery, grand larceny, acting in a manner injurious to a child, and two counts of attempted assault. So then. I see. Yeah, go ahead. So then, you know, so now she's going to do the big, you know, she's all over the news. So she's got to fix this. So she's going to go and talk to Gail King and explain (laughs) herself. But, of course, that doesn't go very well either. The explanations are always the best. I feel sorry that I made the family go through like all of that stress, but at the same time, it wasn't just them going through that. I just don't think that you helped yourself by your behavior. Of when you not. looked at that video, what did you think? What did you think, Mia, you when already you looked asked at me the that. video? You already asked me that in the beginning of the interview. I'm not, I'm okay. not going over it again. I, 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 would like right. to, I would like to have a real interview with real questions and real heart and real sincere apologies. Let 2021 be the moment of healing. Seriously. Uh, she's Who's a real parent. Apologize to her. <laughs> real apologies. <laughs> well, she went through a lot of stress. You know, she lost her phone. Uh, well, would have been great. Is still on, and Deborah Norville. Wow, uh, hosts it every night. Who knew? I didn't even know Deborah Norville was alive. <laughs> Last I saw her is when I was giving Joan Rivers her eulogy. I know. Yeah, we were like we were like in a rap battle, me and uh, Deborah Norville, because. I did a eulogy, you know, at Joan's funeral. And then Deborah Norville evidently was close with Joan Rivers. Who knew? And then she got up and did a eulogy. And I was like, is she undoing me? And then a third woman got up and did her. Their, their well, eulogy. that was Cindy uh, Adams. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> I think Cindy Adams is doing better than I am. Like, that old bat is killing it. Is she still alive? <laughs> she's killing. Yeah, she's still alive. <laughs> yeah, she's still alive. She's killing. Like, she killed at the Joan Rivers funeral. And I'm like, you know, I got some decent laughs, you know, talking about dry vagina and everything. But, man, Cindy was like, bam, 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 bam. She did a whole stand-up routine. I'm like, she just fucking outplayed me. It's this bullshit. I remember sitting there. I remember I looked up at the crowd and I saw Trump sitting there. You know, he wasn't president yet. It was just Donald. Right. And Donald was laughing at some of my shit and everything. I go, yeah, I'm killing pretty good here. Look at Donald Trump laughing. I sit down. Deborah Norville goes and she's like, bam, 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 bam. Getting laughs, <laughs> getting crying. Then fucking Cindy Adams goes. <laughs> and she's like, killing. You guys open for Cindy. <laughs> yeah, I swear. And I'm like, oh, good. I'm glad. I, you know, I go, first of all, I... I <laughs> This is horrible. I went to um, Melissa. You know, she was grieving. And I said, Melissa, uh, I know you got me slated second. I want to open because I got good material here and I don't really want. I mean, like it was a stand-up show. Right. But let me go first. That way they have to adjust. Like it was a roast. Because <laughs> I thought I had written some good stuff, funny and also sort of uh, moving, you know. And My shit was pretty good, but. It was really good yeah i figure if i go first you know it was a real fear at the joan rivers funeral because it was very serious that like some guy turned to me goes i wish somebody get up and make people laugh i mean joan was about laughing and then i I didn't say anything but i knew i was going up i was going to get some laughs yeah yeah and then and he goes oh and then i got afterwards he goes oh good i'm glad they asked you to speak that's the way it should be done and i go "Hmm, i just killed it poor poor cindy and poor deborah norville They have to follow me. Meanwhile, they were really good. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, when the fuck did Deborah Norville get personality? Who woke her up? Yeah, like, like what? Now you're killing? <laughs> Where have you been?
And then Cindy gets up there. You know, she, she looks like she's half Cindy out of it. Cindy was like, Fah, I yeah, got yes. it. <laughs> and Cindy all of a sudden is like doing a full-blown monologue. It's like, this fucking blows. What a shit day I'm having. <laughs> I thought I was the star. But I remember going to Melissa. I'd like to change the order. Uh, maybe I'll go first, and then Norville, and then let's see. Well, you know, by then. are you? Would you have preferred to follow Cindy? Fuck no! No one follows Cindy. <laughs> no one follows Cindy and Deborah Dice Norville. <laughs> oh, they had stories, anecdotes. Because oh know, my the truth goodness! Is, I mean, I had Joan on my show, and I was a huge Joan Rivers fan. You guys know how much I love Joan. I used to get hate mail all the time. You know, all I do is get endless hate mail about how, how I suck. And then we'd be like, you suck having on Joan Rivers. She fucking blows. She's old. She's blah, blah, blah. And I'm going, fuck you. I think at this point I care. You know, my fans, they all fucking hate me. Jimmy Kimmel came up with a good name for my fans. You know how, like, Britney Spears has the, the Brits or, you know, Mariah Carey has the little lambs? He goes, your fans should be called Stern Coats. <laughs> Very good. I go, I go, that's good. I'm going to go with that. Yeah. Because all I do is get shit about how unfunny I am. <laughs> but yeah, I got my clock cleaned over at the Joan Rivers. You know, I, I, you know, I, I did, don't I did think well. that was no. the perception. It just got funnier and funnier. <laughs> yeah, but I was like, wow. First. I, I wanted those two to get crushed. Like after I was done, I was like, you know what? Maybe we should just get up and tell us a quick well, story. Well, Stern was that. a highlight. Yeah. And you were. I was. I was good. I'm not I don't want to paint an image of myself that I wasn't good. But those those two came out of nowhere. <laughs> like, wow. Oh, Deborah Norville now hosts Inside Edition, not right. current it's, affair. It, Inside Edition. I forget. Hey. That wasn't a current affair. Sorry. You triggered me. <laughs> um Sorry, Deborah current- gave you the wrong plug. Current affair is in Australia, just so you know. There is oh, one, it, but it, that's where I saw it. That's where you saw it, probably. <laughs> you weren't wrong. You're never wrong. <laughs> well, we what, you got any more Karens, or are we kind of? I love the Gail King uh, appearance of that woman. I mean, I got a, I got a couple more. You know, we did uh, entitled Karens, racist Karens, and now I can wind down with some anti-mask Karens. Oh, those are my those are my favorite. The anti-maskers. So this woman was at a Starbucks and she got removed by police for not wearing a mask inside. And, you know, again, everybody becomes a lawyer and a doctor when it comes to masks. Get your hands off me. I've done nothing wrong. I am not a criminal. Get your hands off of me. Get your hands off of me. Ma'am. No. That's a violation. Ma'am. Take your hand off of me. my personhood who says that you are it's on like my your person- maidenhood. She's got a personhood. <laughs> oh, my God. I could never be a cop. It is so fucking hard. You got to be like social worker, lawyer. Plus, you got to be the size of a bouncer so you can, you know, handle yourself. You got to be a marksman. You got to. I mean, it's too much. So you got to be 17. Still- th- you got to be like a Swiss Army knife. 
you're so right because this is just to get her to leave the store right now they've gotten her out of the store but it's too much and now they have to take her into custody and then this happens <laughs> are you filming this sweetheart stop it you cannot arrest me i've done nothing illegal i have done nothing illegal oh arrest her immediately stop it Stop resisting! Let go. Let go. I am not under arrest! Leave me alone! I am not under arrest! Oh, imagine that's your mom. Oh, you did oh, it. Or your wife. I now you gotta be. go get her. Your wife. <laughs> your wife comes home, and I think that's your wife. I am like, not you know what? It's arrest. over. You did not arrest me. Just stand back on the sidewalk, okay? You didn't say I was under arrest. Poor cop. Stand back on the sidewalk, please. Let's go on there! Who you gotta deal with? In the name of Jesus. Uh oh. In the name of Jesus. I come against these principalities and powers, this lie, this abuse, this abuse. Honey, come get my purse. Honey, come get my purse. He's very calm about that. <laughs> In the name of Jesus. I'm surprised she didn't do that thing where they go, because she's starting, you know. In the name of Jesus. It usually starts out that way. Yeah. Jesus wants nothing to do with you, honey. Jesus is Girl. hiding in a corner. It's You're like, don't mistake. mention my name. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. So <laughs> just a couple more, Howard. And we're yeah. winding down here. No, but they're this, good. This is so good. So this is uh, a guy arguing. Um, it's a Karen arguing with the manager of a Trader Joe's. And I got to give the manager credit. He's just trying to. They're outside. He's just trying to be like, lady, this isn't. I don't make the rules. You know, and she's right. she's hearing none of it again. She's a lawyer, also now. You know, she's she's got the law on her side. I have a friend who worked at a Trader Joe's. He said it's hell. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> not like it's not your dream job. You know, if you're working at Trader Joe's, you're kind of like, hey, I I'm trying to I'm 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 like going to school to try to better myself. You know, you know what I mean? It's not any so right. This to, isn't the only thing you're doing. You're trying to yeah. get an education so you can right. get out of there. <laughs> All I'm saying is my responsibility as a manager of the store yeah. is to enforce a mandate where you guys believe in that but mandate or it's, it's not a law. No, you can't enforce non-law. No, you can't. That's uh you cannot deny somebody the right to commerce. Okay, I'm sorry. I know I know you Oh wait a minute. So they're going in. Wait a minute, but you're letting them in. Yes, they have a mask. I'm just Oh uh, whoa, 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 don't touch me. Don't touch me. No, 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 no. But you let no, you let those people in. We all we want to do is shop. We can do that in the we can do that inside. I'd prefer to have it outside. No, 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 no. I we we need to shop. Well within our rights No, you're not. You are you are a place of public accommodation. What that is. You can be privately owned, but if you have shopping hours, then we have a right to come in. No, that's not true. You're violating Oregon statute. She's a lawyer. Yep. Oh, hey. Yeah, she's got that whole book of Oregon law under her arm. She can pull it out at any moment. When you apply for a job at Trader Joe's, you don't sign up for that shit. It's kind of like, really? Now, now you're the police. You're dealing with idiots. Ugh. I mean, there were so many that I couldn't use because they were more visual, but there was like one guy, like one guy body slammed a Home Depot, you know, like one of those old guys at the front. He's just like, hey, you can't wear a mask. He just picked him up and body slammed him. Yeah. And I'm like, Great. These, like I'm making, you know, a dollar above minimum wage. Now I'm the police on top of everything else. Yeah. The guy who body slammed him should be in jail for, you know, 
25 to life. That's it. Well, Just we lock them away. start making laws against having bad personalities. And then yeah. we could arrest these people and put them away. Yeah. <laughs> the only problem is they might arrest me for having a bad person. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to wrap it up now. And uh, this is the last clip. You know, men can be Karens too. They, they still haven't come up with, they call them Kevins or something like that. They haven't come up with a good name, but this was a male Karen. He's in a grocery store. He's, ye- he's just yelling at people for wearing masks. And at one point, his friends just have to physically pick him up and drag him out of the store. <laughs> he, he's angry with people who wear masks. He's going out of his way to criticize them. Okay. Well, I love the friends who are finally like, I got to I gotta get this guy out of here. <laughs> That's what Gary had to do with his mom at the top of the Empire State Building. <laughs> people won't learn. These people won't learn. You're a bunch of idiots wearing masks. You know it's not real. Look at you fools, you got a fucking doily on your face, you retard. It looks like you fucking got it off your mom's countertop. You look like an He's idiot. A comedian too. You look like you're wearing a doily on your face. I hope he got COVID, that guy. Did he get COVID and die? Is he one of those guys? Because there's guys who are like anti-maskers who got COVID and died. You love that. That's always a happy ending. Or the sorry. ones who then say, I'm sorry, I, I didn't take it seriously. Yeah. Uh, Everybody, it, it is real. Come outside. Come outside and show me how tough you are. There we go. Fucking little. I'll beat that fucking mask off your face like a fucking retard. Fucking pussies. You're a bunch of pussies wearing masks. Losers. Goodbye. Think his mother um, paid attention to him? No way. He, he's he's going to beat up COVID. <laughs> yeah. He's going to beat up somebody who's wearing a mask. <laughs> I vey, if you know what I'm saying. And Howard, I think we have a song to wrap this all up. Really? What yep. is the song? A Karen song? Yeah. A ca- really? What a show. What a dynamic show. We have a Karen song. Yeah! Okay, Karen. I am not fucking Karen. So now I'm going to call the police on you. Karen. Really? Yeah, Karen. Bye, bitch. Yeah, yeah, Karen. I'm still in the fucking yeah, elementary yeah, school. Karen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. What a bunch of wackadoodles. I do have a question. Would you be turned on if, you know... Uh, a woman stood up to LeBron James for you. <laughs> no. I mean, she probably is great in bed. I, th- I My theory is the crazier you are, the better you are in bed because you're needy. And you, need, you have all these needs and you want to impress. And, That's right. But, you're you're yeah. going the extra mile. Yeah, because I yeah. saw that video. That woman was super hot who got into the fight with LeBron James. Yeah. No question. You, these Karens aren't usually that attractive. Uh, but I was like, would I fuck her? And I'm like, hmm, maybe not. <laughs> like she's that way. She's scary. You know, because where else does that come out? I mean, she's already at the basketball game doing that. Where else does she do it? Arnold Schwarzenegger's on the phone. He's turned on by all these Karens. Really? <laughs> Karens trigger my cock. Ugh. Keep playing this. They're turning me on, Howard. Well, I drive you, up and down. All the world, I look for women driving in the, the suburban cars. They start screaming. It makes me so hard. Robin, 
I'm rolling. <laughs> What's happening to Arnold's phone? <laughs> he's jerking off and dr- he's like jerking off and he's far away from the phone. And- <laughs> <laughs> he was jer- he was in the middle of jerking off to the Karens, which would have been good if he could have heard it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Hey, Jimmy, what up? Marilyn. Jimmy, don't yeah. jerk off while you're talking to me. I can't hear you. Well, I'm driving, so I don't want to jerk off when I'm driving. That's dangerous. Good man. Poor, uh, poor Gary, man. Just hearing that, it's just that's heartbreaking. That fucking yeah. guy has been through a lot of shit. I think from now on, you should be forbidden from busting his balls. It's too I know. Sad. Like, I know. When I hear those stories, like, like when I have to bust Gary's balls, like my heart's not in it anymore because <laughs> it's just, I, you know, the guy's had a be. difficult I, life with a difficult mother. And, you know, it's just, it's too much. Uh, I think, listen, dude, I can save you some money. Forget that fucking therapist. Just go to Gary. Because if he could be happy, fuck it. Then he can teach anybody to be happy. All right. Forget the therapist. That'll save me a ton of dough. That therapy ain't cheap. Those bills come you, rolling in. Do you ever sit around? And I was always curious about this. Do you ever sit around and in your mind calculate what you've paid your therapist in total over all the no, years? No, I would, I would never do that. That that would be insane, the amount of money. Because don't forget, when I started, I was doing like three, four days a week. And like I've gotten, I mean, when I started, it was like $7 because I started like 100 years ago. <laughs> but <laughs> now, the prices have leaped forward. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know what, Gary, I was thinking after, when I was listening to you talk about your mom, I was like, you know what? You take all the locks you want when we get the locks delivery. You take them. <laughs> Gary loves well, the locks. You, I keep those say, plantain <laughs> chips in your drawer if yeah, you Gary, want. Gary, I'm going to mail you some plantain chips today. <laughs> Okay, okay, pal. You eat all the plantains you want. And Jason, Nothing. stay out of his office looking at. Yeah, Jason, you creep. <laughs> I mean, the the fucked up thing for me in all this, and like I said, there were a lot of happy times. It wasn't all this. I'm just telling you the worst stories. Telescope. But when my book came out, you know, and and Lucas read it, he had a lot of questions about Grandma. He, uh, you know, he was like, <laughs> right? And it was just kind of, and it was kind of, and they, you know, they knew her. You know, I mean, Lucas. His big memory of, of my mother is that we went to the Italian restaurant. She stole all the rolls. But I think that's just <laughs> right. an old lady thing. You know, she's like, Grandma put all the garlic knots in her pocketbook, which was so weird. But um, she he asked a lot of questions about it. I'm sure, uh, uh, you know, I try to give him uh, everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's probably like, hey, Dad, uh, I'm not going to go nuts like Grandma, am I? It's in the genes, <laughs> uh, you know. Is that please. hereditary? <laughs> yeah, like, like, can I catch that from Grandma? He's more like, he's more about like, like, how did you handle all that? Like, what was going on there? He seems to be more interested in that aspect of it. Hey, Gary, I feel bad. Can I just say something? I, when you threw out that pitch, I loved it. I didn't think it was so bad. <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. You know, let's see someone else do better. That's all. I don't, but all don't right. be patronizing. I, I just be you. You be all you right. and I'll be me. Let's keep our relationship the way it's always been. All right, but I, I'm not going to wake you up if you fall asleep during the show. <laughs> that's a promise. All right, there and it Sal, is. And uh, Sal, you leave Gary alone. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, Robin's going to beat me up if you get out of line. <laughs> you know what? Sal's <laughs> stories are pretty fucked up, too. So I, yeah, we're right. both living in the same boat. <laughs> maybe, oh, yeah. maybe, maybe you both need a break. My mother never hit me over the head with a loaf of Italian bread. That'll <laughs> give her. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and your father and didn't come home with multiple families family. either, did right. he? Right. Exactly. I, You're I know not finding new brothers and sisters everywhere. I know all my brothers and sisters. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look who's on the phone. I snapped in head. I got to... Tell them the fans loved him yesterday. Ash Napkin, hi. Oh, he fell asleep, shit. Oh, dear. Yeah. That's him snoring. <laughs> you know what it is? He was so excited that he was a topic on the show yesterday. He called in at like 6 in the morning. I saw he was up there, and I was like, well, we're doing the Karens thing. I wasn't going to interrupt. Right. With Ass Napkin in, but... Unfortunately, he couldn't stay awake. He's got a colony of worms in his asshole. You try and stay awake if you have that problem. <laughs> whole family back there. Yeah. Maybe he'll wake up a little one for a while. Hey, Mike, how you doing? What's up? Hey, not Howard. Hey, so, sorry about yesterday. You, you came to me. I wasn't there, but I think Asnapkin's got to be hey, the now. grossest fucking whackpacker ever, right? I mean, grosser than Jeff the Vomit guy, right? Mm, for me, Jeff the Vomit guy is the that guy. I don't know. For me, he's the worst. Like there are times well, I see That's Jeff's only on like the fetish. Yeah, what about no, but, I, life, but, but sometimes like it's just Jeff's delivery. Like um, sometimes he'll be calling in. I can't even pick up because it's like too early in the morning. And I want to hear him <laughs> about being vomited on by sick women. Does, does anyone does anyone know of um let's say a, a woman who has a high fever and is ill and would like to throw up on me and I would love to rub her vomit on my pubis, you know it's just like <laughs> ew. I'd rather hear about ass napkins worms. All right, Mike, I gotta go. I think he's waking up. Ed, no. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll read to you what the fans wrote in about that yesterday. If you tuned into our show yesterday, we learned about Ass Napkin Ed's ass worms from Wolfie's latest interview with him. And then uh, that led to us playing a prank call. <clears throat> Chris Wildy made um, a call to Ed as Ass Napkin Chris. And the fans did love it, you know. That ass snapkin Ed and Chris Wilding bit was hilarious. Chris nailed it with the perfect accent and slow de delivery. Uh, holy shit, Howard, you and Chris do a great ass snapkin Ed impression. Perfection. Howard, I was crying listening to that creepy but hilarious conversation between ass snapkin Ed and Chris. What a nut. I suggested during the bit that, you know, a lot of times we cut down these calls. It turns out that the whole ass napkin Ed Chris Wilding or ass napkin Chris conversation was like over an hour. So you heard a very small part of it. I was suggesting maybe we'll do a special for you guys and uh, put the whole conversation up there because it's really intense. Uh, the audience clearly wants more. They're calling for us to do this kind of thing. You should oh. run the full call. I'm crying laughing when Ed had it, had to take the toothbrush out and Chris said to smell it. Pure comedy genius. <laughs> yeah, you you should smell that thing. <laughs> Howard, please play the entire Ass Napkin Ed and Ass Napkin Chris call. I would love to hear the entire conversation. And with no edits. No edits. 
They so, don't uh, even just run it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's fair to say America has ass napkin fever. Is that is that fair to say? <laughs> Suddenly, ass napkins back to being a, a very popular guy on the show. Yeah, for a while he was out of favor. Yeah, Chris, good job, man. People love your character, ass napkin Chris. They liked our uh, back and forth yesterday. Are you feeling good about your work? Oh, that's a good impression. <laughs> yeah. S. Napkin Chris is, has fallen yeah, he's asleep. He's asleep, so. too. <laughs> I, was, I was on real early. So, yeah. yeah. I feel great about it, man. You know? It's yeah. uh, it's great to bring a guy like that back into the fray. He's so genuinely fucked yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. I feel good yeah. about being back in the fray. It's good to be back. <laughs> What's going on with your mic, man? I hear, like, a uh, ocean behind you. Yeah. Do you really? Yeah, it's really shitty. I thought that was a sound effect you were playing. Let's see, like now? No, yeah, like he's that. asleep and he has a sleep machine on. It's fucked up. Hang on, let me fix oh, it. Oh, there you go. What'd you do? What did you you good? Do? I didn't do anything. I literally oh, did nothing. Now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I brought yeah. in today, for those of you who are clamoring for more Ass Napkin Ed and more of that conversation, I brought in a few more clips. Not the whole conversation, but we might do that. I'll go back and listen to it and see if it's worthy of being a special on Howard 101. <laughs> but yeah. uh, as you heard yesterday, there was a point where Ed proposed a new way to get rid of his worms by burning them with a blow dryer. Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah. Well, here's here he is. He's on the phone with Ass Napkin Chris. Were you shocked you got him to like blow dry his asshole? At this point in the conversation, we were about a half hour in, so no. He'd already scratched his ass and smelled his toothbrush. And then at one point I said, like, what like what what does your toothbrush look like? And he goes, Brown. So <laughs> does he, does he brush his teeth table. with the same toothbrush that he scratches his asshole? I mean, I I mean, did you get that impression? I, I asked him, I go, Hey man, you're mess up brush your teeth with the same brush you use on your ass and he goes no i i i i don't think so so who knows really brush my teeth all that much (laughs) yeah oh yeah he told me he goes i only have like five teeth you don't need all those teeth (laughs) teeth are like not all that necessary it's better if you don't have because you don't get Toothaches. That's a quote. <laughs> wow. Oh, the, 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 the joke's on you. I don't, I don't even brush my teeth. Yeah. The worms don't need the teeth and neither do I. But it's good for your asshole to get to the worms. Yeah. 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 Really? <laughs> <laughs> Let me... <laughs> So, so okay, here's tape. In case I just you want love more of that this. he he got uh got rid of all the unnecessary teeth. <laughs> He's only got five yeah. left. <laughs> he figured it out. That's like my cat. My cat, I have a cat named Walter, and he was having all problems. Like he was just miserable and everything. They went to we took him to the vet, and he, he said every one of his teeth. Are, so he has no teeth now. But now he's the happiest cat you ever met, and he's got great breath. And look at ass napkin Ed. He's happy yeah. too. I got we, a uh, worm named Walter. <laughs> you know, we got him from the shelter. He had been abused and everything, so no one took care of his teeth. So now he has no teeth, but he, he gets along fine. Anyway, 
I went back and said, I got to hear, like, he alluded to it, but I went back and listened to this is this is going to this is going to burn into your memory right now. <laughs> here's uh here's Ed blow drying his asshole. What else can I say? <laughs> well, I get a blow dryer. You ever try a blow dryer? No. Because it could, I mean, you could kill him by heating him too. Well, <laughs> one time I thought about putting my ass in a microwave, but I think the blow dryer is a better idea. Hold on, that might just work, actually. Yeah. Hold on, I'm plugging it in. (laughs) It's burning. Yeah, you said friggin' thing like a flamethrower. Oh, shit, now I got gas. I got a fart too. Ow. Ow. Such a great call. I mean, there's so many elements to it. I mean, and you know, like the idea that like, first of all, we live, you know, in, 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 in 2021, there is so many medications to get rid of ass worms and pinworms. But like, why do that? He's taking a blow dryer, yeah. sticking it up to his asshole. Of course he's going to burn his asshole. Yeah. I mean, and like, he just doing thought everything. Yeah. Oh, you know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> a you light know, bulb you know, went off. It's it's almost like those cartoons, like Roadrunner. You know, like like they have yeah. these like Wiley e. Coyote has an idea yeah. on how to catch the Roadrunner. He's like, I got, yeah, I'm gonna like stick a blow dryer in my asshole. Hey, how about I try a leaf blower? I can mulch them out. Don't you want to just say, to him, yeah. "Hey, what about corner the dunk?" <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> there goes the call. Yeah. What about sticking well, firework up your ass? Yeah, right. Like, they didn't Trump. Yeah. I'm going to get a quarter stick of dynamite and blow the brains out of those worms. Hey, you got an M80 over there? Yeah. Have yeah, a whole asshole blow off. <laughs> now they don't have any way to live. I thought they'd leave my asshole, but now they're, they just moved into my liver. Yeah, they live in my dick hole now. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, they're in my dick hole. I thought that when I once I blow them up, they would leave. I like when he goes, "Ow, that Ow. burning me." <laughs> Ow. <laughs> yeah, I, I got this idea. I'm gonna like pour some gasoline in my ass and throw a match in there. And <laughs> see if I get rid of these things. It's like he's living in the Middle Ages. Yeah. yeah. Coming up with yeah. cures. Oh, there's a cure <laughs> then, ready for that. Hey, you ever heard of leeches? Oh. You think those leeches could kill the worms in a battle? They'd suck, they'd suck out the worms like they suck out the blood. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a good idea, man. I like when you tell him, like, your worms are worse than his, and then he goes, Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, You got it real bad. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, what did you tell him that your worms? Were, I don't know. I told him mine that were they like... were grabbing food from your refrigerator, and he goes, "That sounds like you got tapeworms. Like a tapeworm could grab." Like he's a worm expert now. He's like diagnosing. He you sound like Sigourney Weaver, an alien. <laughs> you you go like, uh, oh man, 
I got oh. Chilean miners living in my <laughs> asshole. Yeah. Oh man, that's horrible. Uh, so, I'll give you a couple of more clips because people are demanding it. And who am I to disappoint my fans? The stern coats. Uh, Ass Napkin Chris told Ed he sometimes fed his worms flies. And it turns out Ed has his own fly related issues. Oh. Listen to this. I fed him a fly once. <sighs> yeah, like there was a fly buzzing around my room. Okay. And. Yeah. It was smelly down there. Right. And it. I've had that. You've had flies on your crotch? Yep, definitely. But I let it. I let it stay because it was ticklish and it was giving me, you know, a boner. The fly gave you a boner. And I knew how to attract it because I laid the, my legs wide open because they like the smell of assholes. Yeah. So. That's how I knew it would That's come. my problem, too. I got a real smelly ass, and these flies come, and, and then it's like a buffet for these worms. Maybe they're maggots. Did you? I never... Did you ever think of that? Yeah, maybe. The flies might have laid maggots in their butts. Maybe I'm, like, dead. <laughs> damn. Red damn. Oh, I open God. my leagues, my leagues, and flies smell my ass. Yeah. yeah, I opened up my leagues, and the flies smell my asshole, and then they crawl on my dick, and I get boner. Yeah, then the flies and the worms started fucking, and now I got flying worms in my oh, ass. Oh, man. Flying yeah. worms? Yeah. Got, oh, man, you got... He got it real bad. He goes, those could be maggots. You would have maggots in your ass. How is he from Buffalo? You know, like maggots. How is he from this planet? One time, I went and looked with like a mirror down there. And it was like an ant farm in my colon. (laughs) There were ants living in there and. Because I think my asshole smelled so much that the ants crawled in there. Yeah. You know? Well, it was <laughs> like a, he had discovered something great when he said, I knew exactly how to attract an ant, a uh, fly. Yeah. Because they like to smell asshole. When I opened yeah. my legs, my asshole smelled attractive. <laughs> Like, like, what are the flies doing in there? Like, what are they doing I in the house? That they, That's what like, I the do flies are like, like the a crypt. fly, yeah. Yeah, like the flies are like, uh, time to smell some asshole. <laughs> yeah, my, my asshole he, is, like a, is like a like prime rib to a fly. Yeah, and I like it because it gave me a boner. A <laughs> <laughs> boner. <laughs> gave me a boner. A boner. Uh, despite his worm problem, Ass Napkin Ed told Chris he still gets his ass eaten on occasion. I, I don't know how we can put this in the original ew. package. But wait, I don't, this, this is why I want to air the whole conversation. I mean, we were not even going to play this part. We weren't going to air, air this, but I, this is gold. This is very, very strong material. Now, I had, I've had my ass eaten before. By, this by the worms? No, by a broad. Yeah, did she ever get any... Worms in her mouth while she was eating your ass? Um, I I don't know. I, I don't think I had them at the time. Who ate out your ass? 
this broad from Plenty of Fish? I'm on a website called Plenty of Worms. Hmm. I like... I, I don't know that. Yeah. I had a broad eat out my ass, and she got a mouthful of those things. Of worms. Shit. I... I looked over at her. She looked like a mama bird feeding her babies. And she she liked it? Yeah. She must have been heavy. Of course. She was huge. <laughs> and I saw her. She just loved it. She was eating them up like french fries. Damn. Damn. It's like, yeah. it's like oh, I missed that. I never but, got that. Yeah, I was afraid to tell these brats <laughs> that they were, you know, with a guy with worms in his asshole, but you're saying they like it. Like, What's that I website guess, again? Yeah, for these fat girls, it's like eating a bowl of spaghetti. <laughs> I like that. He, oh, she must have been a fat, so he says. And you go, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he has no idea that you're doing an impression of him. No. Just no. two guys talking about our leagues and our boomers. You ever, you ever have like a girl yeah. eat out your ass and then, and then a bride, like, a bride eat out your ass and then she's like got the pinworm stuck between her teeth like she's flossing, like she's flossing yeah. her teeth. Yeah, you're coming out of her face like a zombie. Oh my god! Yeah, some of these brides, they love the. Like, they, they love the free worm dinner, you know? Yeah, it's like yeah. ringing a dinner bell for some of these brides. These brides are like anteaters. They love an ass full of worms. <laughs> they're like they're like birds after a storm. Next they're just time, picking them out of there. We should put salt and pepper on our ass. And, <laughs> and they could eat the worms like rice. Worms are like a delicacy to these fat broads. Yeah. They're like Raymond noodles. Ra hey, you sound like you got Raymond noodles in your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Raymond? <laughs> Everybody loves Raymond. And the boys, this is, this is bonus material, ladies and gentlemen. The boys got into a long discussion about jerking off and cum. And Ed then claimed his cum tastes like mushroom soup. Here we go, Robin. Take that oh look boy. of disgust off your face. <laughs> How dare you? It's an adult conversation. Do you ever, like, jerk off? I do that on my stomach. You come a lot? Yeah. Especially when I take my medication. I did it, like, yeah. probably 40 times. Do you ever taste it? Yeah. You ever taste yours? Of course. What's yours taste like? It's pretty good. It's like a yeah mushroom soup. Yeah, mine's like cream of broccoli soup. Oh, I like to have broccoli. Yeah, it's not ghee if you try your own. Yeah, not your own. But, <laughs> you know, maybe if we got together, we could maybe, like, try each other's just to see if it tasted like we say it tasted I, like, I don't think that would be gay I don't know about I don't know about all that good I was <laughs> testing you and you oh, could see if you're gay but you passed alright we're not gay 
Oh my god! Your own Finally, gay. something he doesn't know about. <laughs> I don't know about yeah. all that. Gay is the I worst wish, thing you can be, Ralph. <laughs> I was with a broad, and she washed down my worms with my mushroom soup cheese. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She loved it. The broad. I the like when he goes. He goes. Yeah, I I like I like broccoli. Yeah. Yeah. I like the broccoli. Yeah, that was kind of gay because he's like all of a sudden t- complimenting you on your jizz. Oh, yeah. 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 Broccoli's a good flavor. Yeah. I would eat that. Yeah. Sure. Like, I like that he's on medication, but he won't get on anti-worm medication. He's just going to continue to blow no, dry well, his asshole. Uh, he doesn't Reese's. know that anti-worm medication will improve his load. <laughs> and don't you think, Robin, that like, like if you were that itchy in your asshole that you're at the point where you're scrubbing your asshole with a toothbrush with a to brush, get, yeah. and blow drying your asshole, you would just think that you would do something. But I, in a way, maybe because he has nothing going on in his life, having this asshole is more worms. entertainment. Yeah. yeah. I think because the worms are like friends. The whole thing with the fly really got me. You know, like, well, oh, there's a fly. Thinking, let me open my legs. Hey, <laughs> ass napkin, Chris. I was thinking yeah. if we become roommates, yeah. I could, I could like come in your ass and make <laughs> worm Alfredo, like with your broccoli, yeah. like between your broccoli and my mushroom, and with the worms, it yeah. would be a tasty dinner, be like a, a worm carbonara or something like that with some pepper and some cheese warm carbonara well you know he would try to put pepper in his ass if you suggested to him it sounds like (laughs) oh he'd do anything (laughs) he's not a weirdo robin he wouldn't do that all right i'll give you one more clip because i can't do this all day everything because we got uh, triumph the insult dog coming in and he's a very big star Everything about Ed's sex life is disturbing. He told Wolfie about a rub. Oh, this is not from Chris's conversation. This is from a Wolfie conversation. He told Wolfie about a rubber torso he uses to pleasure himself. Oh. Yeah. Like, you know, kind of like a a poor man's live, you know, that real doll. Real doll, yeah. I bought this thing. It was 50 bucks. And it's got an asshole and a pussy. Are you saying that you bought a love doll? It's not. It's only the torso. So you just put it, it's like a pillow, and it's made of, uh, I don't know, jello, kind of. Then you just lube her up, and it's even got this thing. You hook this thing up, and it heats it up. Have you given this uh, torso a name? I was calling it uh, Amanda. Now, when you shoot your load into Amanda, how do you clean it out of there? Sometimes I don't, because if you just put it, set it upright, it'll just dry up in there. Does it have a certain smell inside? Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you might want (laughs) to hold your breath for that one. Describe the smell. Fishy. It smells like cum and fish and ugh. Yeah. (sighs) Like, her pussy's pretty good, but, like, her asshole doesn't have any, like, little plastic worms. <laughs> couldn't afford the rest of the body, so I just got the torso. It's good enough. Nothing like, yeah. I mean, it's kind of nice just fucking a yeah. torso without a girl's yeah. head attached to it. Yeah, I feel I like be, I guarantee Jeffrey you Gamer. I guarantee you that's where like COVID nineteen got started. It didn't start it in a laboratory. No, it wasn't totally. a wet market, huh? In- no, it started <laughs> in some cheap ass love doll. In a rubber torso. I ain't cleaning this thing out. I love the loaded question, too. How do you clean it? Uh, 
I don't really do that so good. You think a guy who has like worms in his asshole is going to be cleaning his love doll torso? <laughs> he can't even clean himself. Right. And he doesn't mind the smell. You know, he's like, oh, you might want to hold your nose. But he's hey, still you know, diving I, in there. You know who I think has asshole worms? Our next guest, uh, Triumph the Insult Dog. He, uh, he has worms. He's had them sand. before, yes. <laughs> Do you think Ass Napkin Ed was like raised by loving parents who are just like completely freaked out? They're like, we did everything right. We don't understand. We don't understand what we did wrong. We did. I hope not. We gave him I everything he needed. I wish I, I fed him. I fed him with my own titties. <laughs> We never asked Ask Napkin about a family. Oh, he was asleep. How could I? <laughs> uh, Jeff in Pennsylvania. Hi, you're on the air. Oh, my God. This is the funniest fucking thing I've ever heard. Chris Lauding <laughs> is the man. Yes. <laughs> I, swear to God, I always I said that. I grow up, but I couldn't. Thank you. <laughs> you got a fit over there. going to open my leagues for you. <laughs> Let you smell, let you smell my asshole like a fly. My, <laughs> you know, my asshole attracts the flies. You know, the only sad thing in this is once we played it on the air, now you can't do follow-up phone calls to Ed because now he's wise to you. You know what I mean? I don't know. He's asleep. He <laughs> <laughs> don't know anything. Know. I think he wanted to tell us that he heard yesterday's show. I was going to get his opinion on it. I heard your show. <laughs> well, cool. I did wonder if he ever found out that Chris was pranking him. It doesn't matter. I like <laughs> uh, ass napkin, Chris. I didn't feel so alone yeah. in the world. Did he, he ever like say to, to you, "Share that torso to you, with you"? I don't oh, think he ever said to you that, like, uh, "Hey, it's amazing. Your name is Ass Napkin, Chris, and you seem to have an identical life yeah, to me." It just seemed oh, like no. a normal thing to him that somebody else was ass napkin. Damn. Well, that's the greatest thing about a whack packer. You just call them with a the premise, and they're like, yeah, okay, we get it. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> sure. Yeah. S yeah, yeah. It's a common first name. Yeah, me too. I got flies in my asshole, too. <laughs> yeah, I, they give me boners when they fly on my asshole. <laughs> I like that. They're like, they don't, his ass smells, that, that pulls them, that, he's like a Venus flytrap. He like, <laughs> he attracts them with his fucking asshole smell. And then the flies know not to go just on his asshole. They know to crawl on his dick and he comes. I, I mean, guess, <laughs> I guess any guy yeah. who blow dries his asshole, he's probably easy to prank. You probably could call him back as that. But, oh, you know what? Just change your name to Ass Napkin Bob or something. Yeah, Steve. Ass Napkin Steve. Steve. Hi. Excuse me. I heard you're looking for a roommate in Florida, but the, my name's Ass Napkin Bob. Hi, I'm part of the worm community, and I heard you have worms, too. We get a newsletter. You are in it. He's just probably happy to have someone who doesn't run away from him immediately. Exactly. You know? yeah. <laughs> First long-term conversation. Well, at one that. point, you know, we're like 45 yeah. minutes into this phone call, and I'm like, how do I end this? So I started pretending to fall asleep, and he yeah. just he's like, you sleeping? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> you're the only friend I got. Hi, Ellen. You're on the air in Florida. Hey, first time, long time. I love you guys, especially Fred. Um, hey, hey, I'm talking hey, about I'm about to vomit. Ellen, Ellen, could I? Can yeah. I ask you a question? You ever eaten out of you ever eaten out of guys' asshole with worms? Not with worms, but you know what? My ex-husband made it the last time I ever did it because we had chili one night, and then I did oh. that, 
and it tasted like chili, and that's the oh. last time I ever did that for oh. anybody. Yeah. Hey, by the way, Ellen, uh, Ass Napkin's looking to relocate down to your neck of the woods, Florida. You need a yeah, roommate? No thanks. <laughs> no, thanks. I'm good. No roommate? <laughs> yeah, wait a second. No that's my buddy. Ass Napkin Chris. This broad sounds hot. You should get her number. Yeah. Yeah. She says she ate her husband's asshole. I eat chili all the time. Just saying. <laughs> you ever you ever use your ass worms to catch a fish? I I squat over the creek to catch super. Super. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dinner. Oh, super. Yeah, super. <laughs> My worms. <laughs> yeah. They catch the fish. It's the whole thing. Yeah, I got a whole bait and tackle in my ass. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen, it's uh, time for Triumph the Insult Dog. Everyone loves Triumph. It's very hard to get Triumph on the show. You know, he's 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 not a dog that just, you know, randomly shows up. He's got to promote things. So, uh, um, you know, everybody loves Triumph. He's brutal. But uh, you got you to gotta take it. All right, we'll be back in a couple of minutes. Everybody loves Triumph, the insult dog. Um, by the way, Triumph is here promoting watch uh, to wa- for everyone to watch Let's Be Real premiering tomorrow night at 8.30 on Fox. Um, and also uh, he's promoting Color the Spectrum, which streams live this Friday night at 8 o'clock on YouTube. And I will uh, talk to... Um, I will, well, we'll learn more about that later, but look, look at him. There he is. I can't what? believe we're lucky enough to have Triumph the Insult Dog. I can't you know, believe it either. I My know. goodness. How are you, know, you Howard? Robin. Huh? We're doing okay, but, you know, it's funny I with know. you. You got so big so fast that, like, we used to have you on the show, and then then we couldn't even get you on the show. You know I'm what I mean? I'm sorry. I know. I've turned down many an invitation. I... <laughs> Don't know what to say. It's embarrassing. I'm just too big. You, you know, know it, 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 I don't you know, even perform in show business anymore. That's how big I am. Wow. I know. It's big. like you retired or something. You know, Triumph. Yeah. I got to say. My ass is working with other puppets. I see. <laughs> yes, I know. Yeah, I heard. Yeah. By the way, uh, yes, I'm going to talk to you about that. I'm going to talk to you about all it. All right. All right. It's garbage. But, this is, but, this is yeah, puppetry yeah. right here. This right. is puppetry. <laughs> <laughs> this is the height. First hype. of all, you know, yes. I wanted yes. I wanted to interview you, Triumph, in Oprah's Garden because, you know, Prince Harry and oh. Meghan were interviewed there. And I thought, you know, for someone been of your there, stature. Been there, shat there. Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah. I've yeah, never, I've never been interviewed by Oprah, but I have vomited up her, some of her grass. I've, it's an honor. It's an honor. It's uh, you know, high quality stuff. You know what's so fascinating with this pandemic, yes. Triumph? Yes. I didn't, you know, with Zoom, I didn't yes. know what your room would look like. And this is not what I expected <laughs> Triumph's room to look like. It's a, you know, you've it's, got a beautiful painting of flowers on the you. wall. Thank and, you. And, you know, and, most of these people, they have bookshelves. And, yeah. You know, I have a lot of books, but I keep them on the floor, you know, for <laughs> urinary purposes. Ah, and you don't want I'm, to see, you don't want to see my book collection. It's very yellow. 
I, yes. I imagine, at least in my imagination, you've made millions Yay. upon millions of dollars. I mean, I remember you oh, used to appear oh regularly on Conan O'Brien. I mean, everyone oh, there got the rich. money rolled in. Yes. Right. <laughs> and, and for you to just have one piece of artwork on your wall and then this sort of a door behind you. I'm looking at a, a, a barren you know. room with shitty paint. I mean, it's just shocking. Could that be. Like, that I, like, it, yeah. I like to be... It, I like to be understated. I really yeah. do. I think that's the hallmark of my career. What do you Plus like the to hand up your... my ass is in Los Angeles working uh, on a stupid puppet show without me, and he's living in, a, in an Airbnb. Uh, One reason look... or the other. One reason. And you mostly have an oddly narrow door. I mean, I'm looking at it. I don't think a human being could fit through there. It's just a dog. No, door. I'll show you. It's one of the shittiest bathrooms I've ever seen. Oh, that's the bathroom. <laughs> I don't know if you want the tour, but... Uh... <laughs> Can I say something to the guy who works here for a minute and, like, break character? Yeah. Or is that inappropriate? Okay. Yeah. Bob, what kind when of fucking you... house, are you, what kind of house are you living in? I mean, Jesus Christ, it looks like a, looks like a penitentiary, for God's sake. No, no, no. <laughs> this is great. It's great. I'm not going want... to break character yet. Okay, I'm don't break when, character. When oh, you okay. deconstruct, Howard, you know the old rule. When yes. you deconstruct, the act is fucked. That's <laughs> the old, old well, I guess my... rule in show business. Triumph, I guess my point is Hollywood is very cruel for a guy who, uh, you know, yes. for a dog who is, I remember you on the MTV Awards, you were goofing on Eminem, oh, you, yes. I mean, you, yes. you did some classic bits, I just figured you were rolling classic in dough, bits. it looks like you're living in a, a shithole. In squalor. <laughs> in squalor. <laughs> One shitty Howard, painting. You know. No, let, no. Me, I, let me show you. Look at this. Yeah. Oh, oh, Venetian blind. <laughs> That's real wood. That's real wood. <laughs> oh, I see. I thought it was Venetian blinds. Wow. No, that's wood blinds. And there's a what? Look at what that. Are you showing us. Look He's at showing that. us that's... that his neighbor lives right on top of him, like uh, <laughs> yeah, the real house. neighbors. Yes. <laughs> God, triumph. But triumph. You know, you always have so much. You know, doesn't uh, being an insult comic dog pay a lot of money? I would assume. Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. No, this yeah. is, you know, I'm like Jay Leno, you know. I, yeah. I, I, I put a little bit of money toward my house, and then I put my, you know, Tonight Show money. I save it. I save <laughs> you know what it I for yes. a rainy day. You know what I love about That's you all. the most, Triumph, but I don't know if I've ever gotten an opportunity to say this. Like, as Thank I'm you. talking to you, things Isn't begin that? to just kind of fall apart. Like, this a human being's head. Like popping through on the right hand side of my screen. <laughs> more, like, like a top of more like a human being. <laughs> you see, because you're a hideous, semantic individual. Okay, I get it. Thank you. Triumph, I didn't wow. know you were anti Semitic. I, I didn't think you were. No, I kid, I kid. We can do it to each other, Howard. Right. We but can you know, do Triumph. It to each other. Yes. You know, I, I said this to a friend of mine. I said, I said, it's shocking how Triumph is living. I said, uh, Michael Vick's dogs live better than Triumph. Ooh. And, uh, <laughs> and everyone was shocked in the room. Everyone was shocked, Triumph. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. uh, that's a, that's a misnomer. That's, that's not true. That's not Michael, true. Michael Vick's dogs, actually, they, you didn't hear they settled in a civil, in a oh, no, I didn't suit. Tell me. Oh, no, yes. that must be that must be big in the dog oh, world. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Vick's yeah. dogs, man, they are rolling in it now. They are, they are, you know, they're like, uh, you know, it's like the OJ civil suit. Same thing happened with Michael. Michael oh, they're Vick. living well now, Michael Vick's they dogs. They are living. Know. Every dollar that Michael Vick earns 
goes, goes to, them. to these. <laughs> That's these amazing. Dogs. Yes. You yes. know what I'm happy about, though? I'm happy to see they didn't take yeah. away your cigar. I mean, it looks like they've stripped all like the art off. Bigger. It's a little yeah. short. I asked yeah. for the Howard. I asked for the Howard this week. It's funny. It's funny. Yes. Of your penis, you see. It looks like you, like in quarantine, you figured out how to get a big fat cigar in your mouth so that it didn't constantly fall out of your mouth. <laughs> That's, uh, you know. It's genius. I, I, it's because I haven't opened my mouth yet. I'm, I'm yeah, saving we, it. It's the yeah. one cigar I have left. Howard. I would, I imagine, uh, in quarantine, yes. you had great thoughts. Can you share any of your great thoughts with my audience? Oh, my triumph? Listen, you, you, I, you have, yes, yes. I'm, I, speaking of quarantine, I have to say, it's, it's very cute to see the two of you settled into your home offices. Have you, when's the last time you've seen each other? Oh, my God. Like, triumph. It, it has to be over a year. Oh that's right. See, it was you, in March of 2020. <laughs> You guys aren't going to be in the same room again until Ronnie's funeral. That's right. That's what <laughs> I kid, oh, I dear. kid. We you I kid. kid. We all know Howard's not going to Ronnie's funeral. <laughs> <laughs> Triumph. Is there you know, you have such biting, if you don't mind the word, yes. you have a biting wit and and um, is there a line you. you won't cross Triumph, is there a line you won't cross when it comes to insult? I won't comedy? make jokes about Prince Philip. It's too sad. <laughs> no, I think we're all still shaken up about Prince Philip. You're There's kidding. Nothing funny. Uh, nothing. nothing. I actually went to the funeral. I don't know if oh, you, you know did. that. No, I yes. didn't know well, you wanted the celebrity. I said I'm a huge celebrity. Yeah. And uh, it, was, uh, it was quite an event. It was yes. Prince Philip's funeral was whiter than Ronnie's pubic hair. <laughs> yes. I can't it's, believe it's a tough time. It's nothing to joke about. Nothing you, to joke about. When you're, I know how as, Queen Elizabeth must feel. Yes. I do. When I you, miss when, fucking my cousin too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. Thank you, Fred. Oh my God. You know your writers wrote a million jokes for me. I haven't said one of them yet. They were like, "You got to roast the whole staff." Right. Me I neither. I haven't said prepared. any. I'd rather, I'm enjoying talking to you guys. It's been too long. It's been too long. It's been too, you know, Triumph, sometimes the occasion is so overwhelming emotionally that it's hard to be an insult comic dog. I mean. It really is. It, it really, really is. is. I mean, Prince Philip was 99 years old. Too soon. Yeah. Too soon. Too soon. Too soon. Too you know, I imagine you being an insult comic dog and being his yes. famous. I mean, after all, you were on Conan. I mean, how many, I how many dogs this, can yes. say that? Conan. Um, um, let me see. Uh, I think uh, I think uh, Sally Jeffs Raphael was on once in the nineties. So that yes. makes two dogs. Well, okay, lived, no more. When, see, there's jokes I don't I don't make those kind of jokes anymore, Howard. No, no right? you, I've evolved. You've evolved. We, yes, you must we, be going uh, to the shrink. <laughs> can't I was so much therapy, Howard? Yes, so yes, much. It's working. We're, yes. we're allowed to evolve. That's of course. we must be allowed to evolve our. Of course. So I have I've prepared jokes but I think they're very appropriate ones. Good. Really okay. Appropriate. Go go ahead. But like, how about one of you because I was going to ask you about your fame and some Please. of the parties you go to and I want I don't want to forget about that. But I also want to okay. give you an opportunity right. to do your insult humor. My 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 trademark insult humor. Yes. My yes. signature yes. insult humor. Why you know, not? we lost Don Rickles, and now you're kind of the new Rickles when you think about it. 
Well, you know, there's that Jeff Ross guy. He's the Roastmaster General. Yeah, what about him? Yeah, big shot. Yeah, big shot with the big title. You know, I just do my thing, you know? I'm not about... I'm not about self-aggrandizing. I just want to hurt people's hearts. That's all I'm interested in. What do you, what do you think? Um, yes. why, why all the bitterness? What do, where do you think your insult humor comes from? In other words, you must have had a horrible upbringing because you just want to attack people. Oh, my goodness. I just, you know, my father was, uh, you know, a Catskills comedian. My mother was a, a Rottweiler. <laughs> it's a, <laughs> the dark period, man. You know, I, yeah. I seriously, I was saving this anecdote for Mark Marin because that's his thing. You know, I <laughs> yeah. thought we were going to do jokes here. <laughs> right, you know, Marin right. is going to be heartbroken if I open up too much. Right, yeah. right. It's his stick. <laughs> I get it. It's his what thing, did you man. Make are, of... are we good? Are we good? You know. <laughs> What, what do you what 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 do you make of Conan retiring from late night? I mean, I know you used to appear on that show. Did you call him? Did you say know, my condolences? You know, I mean, what happened to this very, guy? I don't know what else he's going to do. I mean, his only other skill besides talk show host is uh, uh, pulling down things from high shelves. That's <laughs> his, is that right? Basically, his only other skill. No, I mean, he's a guy- great. He has a podcast. He's oh. got the podcast now. Oh, His oh, podcast that's... is as big as the the, the Mark Marin guy. <laughs> yeah, you know, podcast. They've all come around to you, Howard. Yes, they all they realize that they don't need an audience. They right. don't need the bells and whistles. That's they right. just, you know, they just. I mean, listen. There's no no one can be you, but they can approach you, and that's yes. a lot better than being them. I you know what you. I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, who it's, wants to hear from them? They'd rather be me. Yeah. That's I did right. a podcast last year, Howard. What happened? Oh, boy. I did a game show podcast called Let's Make a Poop. Right. And it was highly successful. We did it in Brooklyn. And then this pandemic, I got pandemic, Howard. I wow. got pandemic. Oh, that's so yeah. sad. That, now, let, can we hear some of your insult humor? I know you've evolved, but uh, <laughs> everyone loves when you insult. If you can bring yourself really to do it. Do. I, I don't want to put People pressure really on you. They do love it. Go ahead. They do. Well, can right. I tell you real quick what I would do on my show? Yes. On my podcast? It was like a Jeopardy show. Yes. So I would ask a question. Like, for example, uh, you know, uh, in April of 2019, scientists captured the first photo ever of a black what? What? Any guesses? Go ahead. Uh, in April 2019, scientists captured the first ever photo of a black person shaking hands with Sal. Wow. <laughs> See? <laughs> yeah, that's good. Thank you. It was that kind wow. of thing. Wow. You know, shockingly, wow. here's another one. Uh, you know, uh, cows can walk upstairs, but they can't do this. Hmm. Cows hmm. can walk upstairs, but they can't do this. Yes. I don't know. What is feel safe in a room with Richard Christie? <laughs> oh, that's good. You see? You see how it works? It's so biting, uh, uh, your humor. It's I mean, very you're, what biting. You're, you're insulting Richard and saying just because he grew up on a farm that he would fuck a cow. I mean, that's biting. <laughs> that's, that's essentially what I'm saying. Yes. yes I'm I reducing mean, Richard to, uh, to a character from Deliverance. Basically, <laughs> Richard has oh. never done anything, by the way, to 
to earn such a generalization. Right. He's just no. a nice guy minding his own business. You don't triumph your... Yes. Sh should I launch into my trademark on salt humor? All yes. your Good. writers are going to be in tears if I don't. They've All right, go ahead. Jokes. Go ahead, please. I've prepared yeah. Okay, here we go. Here everybody we go. This is everybody. This? Everybody fasten your seatbelts. <laughs> fasten hear your seatbelts. Everybody get ready. my brand of humor. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, here this come. dog is a bitter dog and he is funny and he is now am, going to. <laughs> I am filled with hatred and you are the beneficiary. All right, here we here go. We go. Howard. Yes. Oh, yes. ladies and gentlemen, thank you, Howard. Oh, this is exciting, man. Go ahead, I am so. I heard you're, you're renewed for five more years. Wow. That's correct. Yes. Five more years. Christ, even Rush Limbaugh knew to leave them wanting more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that hurt. Oh, my God. No, I keep. That hurt. Did it hurt yeah. you? Did it hurt oh, your heart? Oh, my God. I'm oh, so okay. hurt. Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's Tighten like the vaccine. It's like the, it's like the shot. If, you, if it doesn't hurt a little, it's not working. Right. That's right. how it is. Howard, I was so happy, honestly, to hear you renewed your contract. Thank you. Because, you know, New York's homeless problem is bad enough without Benji being a part of it. <laughs> Fred. Seriously, can you imagine trying to step over Benji lying on the sidewalk? I'm more concerned for the pedestrians than Benji. What? <laughs> Fred ruined Where was it with Fred? the... Fred, Fred, Fred you gotta be there. Fred, Fred what are you, hiding? You didn't Fred, do the too, gesture. Okay, too many rim shots, Fred. I, when I do this, that's how right. it's going to be. All right, when, when Triumph shakes his head, Fred... See, I you think it's easy working with Fred, don't you? <laughs> no, 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 I don't. I Listen, I'm looking forward to meeting all your staff again today, all these losers you employ. It's incredible. I mean, you're keeping more fat old men alive than Remdesivir. <laughs> you know, Howard, a lot of people call in and say you talk about COVID too much. Yes. And to these listeners, I say... Would you rather hear more about kitten adoption? <laughs> <laughs> now, how about Beth? Speaking of your beautiful wife, Beth. Oh, I love her so much. Did she get double vaccinated? Is she double vaccinated? Oh, absolutely, yes. Thank goodness, thank goodness. I heard that Beth didn't mind the vaccine at all because she's used to feeling sick from, from a little prick inside her. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> You're so you know, mean. You're so I am mean, terribly Triumph. mean, and I love Beth. I'm a little jealous of her. She's got like 300,000 Twitter followers. I've got like 60. But, you know, it's Twitter, so my theory is like at least 30% are fake, which at least that's far short of the 100% of her orgasms that are fake. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Did that hurt your heart? Are you hurt <laughs> yes. yet? Because there's oh, a lot of truth God. in that. A lot of Listen, Howard, you can't yes. always expect bang a clock when you have a face that can stop a clock. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're great, Howard. You're, you yeah. look, you're, you're aging wonderfully, Howard. You, you look like <laughs> Phil Spector shot heroin instead of waitresses. <laughs> <laughs> no, Howard, I love all your oh, hobbies you're... now. I hear you're journaling you. with fountain pens. That's yes. lovely. You're Thank like you. Benjamin Franklin, right down to the untreated syphilis. Boom. <laughs> <laughs>
Wow. Now, I kid. And Beth, I heard, is really turned on by your fountain pens, especially yes. the ones, the one that you, especially the fountain pen you use to sign the will. <laughs> oh my god triumph oh my your goodness. humor it's it's become even more biting in, in more biting in the world or maybe oh you're more god. sensitive maybe oh you're more sensitive i'm over here laughing and crying because of the truth you know you have mellowed howard i mean think oh, about yes, it with yes. the fountain pens and the chest yes. i mean, the chess you like your yes. interests get more bland and sad by the day kind of like <laughs> john hines diet <laughs> By the time your contract runs out, Howard, you'll probably be crocheting dildo cozies for Ronnie. <laughs> I kid. I kid. Oh, Ronnie you're will so be so mean. I kid. I'm sorry. I kid. Five years by then. I, 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 I'm kidding. You won't be doing that because Ronnie will be long dead. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Please, what a mean Fred, dog. When I predict a death, Fred. I have to get a rim shot when I predict <laughs> someone's death. Yeah. Howard, you mean really dog. are starting. You really what? are starting to worry everyone. You haven't left the house in 14 months. You're like you're like an unfuckable Howard Hughes. <laughs> <laughs> Where are oh, your God. piss jars, Howard? Let me see the piss jars. <laughs> They're right no, here. Look. Yes. No, Howard, listen, everybody knows Howard Stern is thrilled by yes. this. This pandemic, yes. a huge That's virus true. hits, and right. the only cure is to stay home. I mean, <laughs> this is how Gary would feel if there was a virus, and the only cure was a 10-minute anecdote about the time he meant Clarence Clemens. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody cares, Gary. Nobody cares. Wow. You know, Gary, you got so angry about Gary, you lost your cigar. It dropped right out of I your did. mouth. I lost yeah. it, look, look what happened. Right By the there. way, tri tri Triumph, yes, is your yes, tongue even, your tongue is like so more elaborate now. I feel like you improved or is something. It? Yeah, I you look great. I think you just are, you've never seen me like this, you know? I'm no. always uh, on your couch, you know? Right, right. Leaving a little warm gift for you at the end of the night. <laughs> you but, do, you look good. Thank you, Howard, thank you. Yeah, I mean, uh, you've been brutal, 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 but my and God. Speaking of looking good, how about Gary Delabate? <laughs> oh, my God. Here we go. I mean, yeah. no, he looks great. I, 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 I feel bad for Gary, you know. I mean, you abuse Gary more than J.D. abuses the English language. Let's right. be honest. <laughs> Why can't you be like Gary's dentist and leave him alone? Okay, that was a little easy. <laughs> Oh. Gary takes more shit than John Hines' toilet after an Arby's bender. Okay, that was easy. <laughs> no, but here's the truth. Here's the Go truth, ahead. Howard. Go ahead. Work from home, work from home <laughs> has been very, very tough on Gary. I mean, typically, he gets much better sleep at the office. <laughs> <laughs> Triumph. It's oh, a hard fuck. adjustment for Gary, you know? Having yeah. to work over the computer after all these years of phoning it in? <laughs> <laughs> you speak oh, the truth Gary. here, Oh, poor Gary. We speak the truth. Speaking of speaking the truth, you've been speaking the truth, and I appreciate it. You know, the right-wingers, sometimes they go after you. Right. And you know who they really hate? The right-wing oh. Christians? They hate Gary because one look at him proves that we evolved from apes. <laughs> I shouldn't joke about Gary. He's never been the same since he was abandoned by the man in the big yellow hat. 
Gary, where are you? Why isn't Gary showing his face? I miss him. Yeah, where is he? Uh, Gary, get over here. Gary? Try and point to see you. Yeah, where is he? I just want to see your face. Ah, oh, there he is. So <laughs> handsome. Look yeah. at that face. Why isn't he in more movies, huh? Yeah, I don't Gary, know. why haven't you done more acting? I loved you in that movie. Not the Adam Sandler one, the one where you fought Godzilla. <laughs> 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 I kid, I kid, Gary. Kid, I miss you. I listen, I Gary. Let me tell you the truth. I miss you. Last night I dreamed that I was kissing you. I did. I was. I did. Mm -hmm. I have to remember to stop going to sleep with my face so close to my ass. Oh. <laughs> you know, that happens. You see, dogs. because the smell of my ass conjures up a vision <laughs> of your hideous face. You see? Oh. I, oh I kid. I kid. I kid. Listen, listen. You know, I've got to pick on Gary because, you know, we've, we've progressed a lot. Like Robin here. And, like, I'm not going to tell the kind of jokes you people like to tell about Robin. I'm right. not going to do it. Unless, unless Robin wants me to. But, well, you know, I want you to feel free to express yourself. Well, Try see it. that? I appreciate that, Robin. You got to give it up for Robin and for Fred. Right. My God, what good, loyal people you have here. Robin and Fred. Uh, one always has his hands up a puppet's ass, while the other always has her head up yours. I don't get that. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. But it's okay. ridiculous. Hand up That's ridiculous. Oh, yes, yeah, so no, I guess. Oh, my goodness. Right. Listen, Robin, Try rehearse, the only other, Robin's the only celebrity who truly understands me. She does. Why is because that? I've also spent my entire career in show business being carried by an ugly Jew. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Shame on you. Yeah. Okay, listen, I know. It's only going to get worse, and I apologize. <laughs> it's okay. Robin, you look beautiful, but let's face it, you are getting up there in years, Robin. Yes, things, yeah. And I assume things uh, must be changing a little downstairs. You know could what I mean? Could be, could be. I understand you recently masturbated with a cucumber, and it came back out a pickle. <laughs> <laughs> really? I kid, she's still beautiful. Look at her. Of course. She's still beautiful. She's still in the game. You know, Robin likes to double up on birth control by using both the pill and the sound of her voice. But the, no. oh, oh, I kid, she has no, a very nice. sexy voice. I don't know who Brian. wrote that joke. I don't know who wrote that joke, but they have no taste in voices. They really I, don't. I, I really do, kid. But on yeah, the other hand, who kid? I, I kid, I double kid because, come on, who's kidding who? Who? Right. Robin in the game. The next time Robin gets eaten out, it's going to be by her cats when she dies. Whoa. <laughs> oh, my Whoa. Robin, that's not funny. <laughs> that's low. You know, there's supposed <laughs> to be some right. truth Go in this. <laughs> oh, it was Try your writing staff. <laughs> I won't say who. <laughs> <laughs> Give us names. I Try won't em. say. I won't say. You this is a woman brutal. of dignity, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Yes. Robin, people don't even remember. Robin originally went into nursing, but she yes. quit. Unfortunately, nobody told her tits. <laughs> <laughs> nursing. Get it? Shameful. Enormous boobs. <laughs> Make good nursing. Thank you, Fred. I needed That's the extra you. <laughs> Wow. Triumph. You are as brutal as you've ever been. I remember I when you, sorry. When you sorry. roasted you Eminem. He, 
He almost beat you up. He almost beat up a puppet. I mean, it I, was you know, all for show. It was like a WWE match. It was a I joke. See. It was. It was no reality. We're all it was love all each show other. Business. But you know, you do have to be careful with what you say about women nowadays. You really do. Yes, you do. Yes. You do. And I want so so, Robin. May I perform? I'm going to do this the right way. May I perform a segment of comedy related to your enormous vagina? Yes. Oh. No, <laughs> Howard, don't, don't mansplain I mean, answer. I meant, I meant, I meant. Yes. For Robin yes, to answer. <laughs> yes. May I? Please, go ahead. Entertain the people. I want to hear a, about my massive bit. vagina. All right. I well, didn't even know her vagina was that. Go ahead. I didn't either until I read right. this joke. It Go ahead. Was, sometimes jokes are very informative, you know, like the Daily yeah. Show, you know. People get yes. their information this way. I got to anyway, tell you, Triumph, you make, you, make Tucker Carl, you make Tucker Carlson sound like Mother Teresa the way you're going right now. Oh, please don't put me in that category. That guy. I'm not even, I don't, I don't even have a joke for him, you know. I don't right. know how he made it. Uh, you know, it's a tribute to him. He, it really is. Yes. Poor guy was the heir to the Swanson's fortune. Anyway, I don't have the whole joke written out yet. <laughs> You're almost there. You're working on that one. You're working Got 90% on that. of it. I'm here. There's, listen, we could talk about politics and things that affect the world, or we could talk about Robin's vagina. Your choice. The, the vagina is always better. Go ahead. People are sick of politics. You know, I Googled some information about Robin, and it turns out her last lover was Mr. X. That mm. man was hung, right? I mean, yes. the next guy she fucks has some big holes to fill. <laughs> <laughs> you see? See? Look how well she takes it. All because I asked with respect. You know, That's people, right. That's people right. around the staff like to say, oh, Robin has a big ego. But see, it's clearly not true. Especially if you saw her ego side by side with her pussy. Oh! <laughs> really? Wow! I didn't know. That I love fun. Robin. I love <laughs> your whole staff, Howard. Yes. And I'm so grateful. Is everyone getting vaccinated? Yes. All of yes. them. Yes, yeah. they are. Good. Although I heard Ronnie, I heard that Ronnie refused to take the Johnson and Johnson vaccine until they made the needle. To be shaped like Sal and Richards Johnson and Johnson. <laughs> you see, I got to ask. No, that was an amazing thing on your show recently, right? Yes. I mean, yes. They made these incredible molds of Sal and Richards penises. Yes. I mean, how did they do that? I mean, this is what I want to know. How did they do that? How did they get their mouths off each other's penises long enough to make a mold? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, uh, Trial. Oh, I all for Ronnie. the show. All for the show. I Fine, are you Ronnie. exhausted? I mean, this is some roast. I mean, it's a tremendous I am, output my, of energy. The Jew's arm is exhausted, you know, but yes. that's his problem. You <laughs> know? Well, you let me know when the Jew's arm is uh, tired, and then I'll talk to the Jew. You know what I mean. No, you, you, you have to be the Sandman Sims here, man. You have to give me the hook. I've got I, all your writers helped write these jokes this time. So, well, they're you fantastic. Know, I, I, who do you really want to roast? Well as, who do so, you want to get at Triumph? Who are you really angry with? Go I ahead. Mean, Let him I, have. I'm, I am so angry at Ronnie. I am Ronnie. so Really? <laughs> not really. No, all but right. uh, look, okay. I, you want me to hit the highlights? I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll hit speed the highlights. Things Come on. Up. Go okay, ahead. Go ahead, Triumph. Yes. Okay. Yes. 
Oh, boy. You know, you have to admire Ronnie, though. He won't tell you who he voted for, but he'll tell you how many inches his fiance stuffed inside him the previous <laughs> night. Very admirable. <laughs> right, yeah. You know, everyone uh, thinks Ronnie voted for Trump. Everyone thinks right. Ronnie voted for Trump, but trust me. Ronnie has never been in a booth that didn't have a hole to put your dick through. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. Ronnie. Okay, let's keep going here. Moving ahead. Sal and Richard. It's tough to make fun of these guys. You know why, Howard? Why? Because the new trend is they say it's inappropriate to be punching down. You've heard Uh, this? Don't punch down. Right. And in order to make fun of Sal, I mean... What other direction is there to punch? <laughs> I mean, this, this man is truly, he is lower than Prince Philip's nutsack. Right. Right? Yeah, Sad, was once caught ma- Sad was once caught masturbating at work, right? Yes. Yes. I mean, but in his defense, it was time for Richard's lunch. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Sad's foreskin is so long, it's a five skin. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know that was childish. I know that was a childish joke. I just wanted one joke. I just wanted to do one joke that Ronnie would understand. Right, right. I understand. Okay. Fred, and uh, Richard oh. Christie, I want to quickly congratulate Richard Christie on the birth of his second son. Yes. Yes. It's a beautiful thing. Although I do feel bad for his wife because now she has three diapers to change. <laughs> <laughs> Triumph. You've been brutal this morning. Been, I've been brutal. I've been, been brutal. brutal. I know. Ripped apart. It's what I do. It's what now, I do. Now, now, Triumph, would you be insulted? I don't want to insult the insult dog if I spoke to the Jew who works you. Oh, my goodness. Sure. Prepare to be bored. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Everyone is on the road. Everyone watching on the road, pull over. It's, you know how they say Howard's show is dangerous? Well, wait till you hear the Jew talk. It's even going to be more dangerous because... I, if, you, if you're not careful, you're going to fall asleep while driving. <laughs> this is, uh, let me introduce to the people now, Mr. Robert Smigel, who is the genius behind Triumph the Insult Dog. Watch him pop his head right up. Look. Oh, there Ah, there you are. You look good. <laughs> this is a man with a history. We should tell people, people don't realize how talented you are, Bob. They oh, just gosh. do not. That's okay. Are you a Bob? Are you a <laughs> Bob? Are you a Bob, yeah. are you a Bob or a, are you a Bob or a Robert? You always call me Bob, and that makes me very happy. I, I, I what I like about the name Robert is that uh, is that uh, you learn about a person from what they call you. And Howard, you've always called me Bob, and I find that very endearing. And uh, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know that I have the right to call you Bob. Oh, this because... is great. He's talking about Bob and the. Ro- what the hell is Did going I, on with that? You fucked here. up the whole microphone. <laughs> I was finally going to talk to Bob, and then he get the, pulled out get the, the puppet back. The puppet knew how to work the microphone. <laughs> you want me to take a break, and you can fix your mic? No, I got it. It'll take two seconds. Okay. What'd you do? Bro, I don't. I'm not good at this at all. I'm not born to be on camera. Yeah. Oh, here it goes. Now, let me see. He knocked himself completely out. I hear you. I hear you. Oh. <laughs> you hear me? I hear you. Yeah, I hear you. Now you sound good. Okay. All right. Okay. What happened, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Triumph pissed on Bob's microphone. 
<laughs> it was horrible. Knocked it right it was out. Ugly. Yes. He does not like. Uh, he does not like conceding uh, the camera. All right, let me give you a couple of plugs, first of all, because uh, it's hard to get Robert Smigel to come on any kind of show, (laughs) because I don't know why, but it's hard. I know it's hard. You only do Triumph. Very. I I thank you for doing Triumph, because I know you don't do him a lot. I'd like to. I actually would more. I I, I was trying to do that podcast for real, but but (laughs) I just, yeah, I've I've been doing other things. I got to make a living. Got to make a living. What what when you were doing the Triumph the Insult Dog podcast was it that people were not interested they they just no no it went great I swear to God it went really well and then what happened was uh, but I was doing it like in Brooklyn at at like uh, you know with an audience I didn't want to do like what was I going to do interview people as Triumph I I just (laughs) wanted to I just wanted to do a game show as Triumph and so we did it in front of audiences in Brooklyn and it was going great but then after the pandemic i just shut it down so it was too hard it's too it's too much you can't you can't do it and yeah, I, have I, an audience. I, yeah. first I of all let me one i think i showed i think i sent you the zoom one i did i did like a hollywood squares version once but then you have to book nine people <laughs> i know it's it, it's it's a lot of work and you know as you yes. say you got to make a living sometimes with a podcast you can't make a living it's fun but it's hard. It's hard. I to know. I, I envy people who can invest that much time in themselves and build up. Right. Like I've got three kids and it's not happening. I've got as a, a matter you know, of right, fact, right? Adam Sandler movies. And I'm very happy to do it. Yeah, wait, to speaking of that Adam Sandler movie, the one you directed yeah. and Ronnie was actually in it. Yeah. You didn't want what was Sandler came to you and said, I want you to direct my movie. <laughs> And you said, said, no, I don't want to direct the movie. Why didn't you want to direct it? Well, I've never wanted to direct movies because I, I, the director's always the first guy on the set and the last guy to leave. And it just seemed like, why can't I just write it? That's more fun. And then I can be a producer on it and just tell Sandler if I don't like a shot. He'll be like, oh, yeah, just tell the director. No problem, (laughs) Schmeichel. And because uh, so Sandler's so you, the boss on all his movies, you know. So, so, so like Sandler, the, Sandler hires you to write a movie, yeah. and you write it, and he says, "I want you to direct it." And and with your yes. attitude, I, like if 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 a guy I wanted to be the director says to me, "You know, man, I just want to fucking write these movies. I don't even want to direct." Right. I would say, "Good. I mean, at least you're being honest with me." Instead, he right. says to you, "No, I won't take no for an answer. You must direct this <laughs> well, film." Well, he is the greatest guy because he's. Many times in my career, he's like been a, a cheerleader for me and me for him. And he right. told me I would do it well. And uh, he's just a guy who believes in me and, and has always, as a person and as a uh, writer and a, and as a director. And, and it ended up being a movie that I was interested in directing because he said he wanted, this is so funny to imagine Adam saying this, but it's like, Mikey, I want it to be like a, you know, a John Cassavetes kind of movie. <laughs> like, like Robert Altman kind of, you don't know what I'm saying. And, uh, <laughs> Cassavetes. Yeah, he was serious because there's like movies that Cassavetes has made that like where it's handheld and like uh, the cinema very taste, Mike. So Bob, Bob, when you were at Saturday Night Live, but the people yes, don't know this. Bob Smigel is such a talented guy, really is. At 25 years old, he was hired at Saturday Night Live. Lorne Michaels was gone for a while. He had just come back. Bob gets hired, 25 years old. 
to write some of the best sketches at Saturday Night Live. He, he's a very talented writer. And yeah. and and Bob, how did? By the way, the relationship with Sandler really begins with you being good to him because you oh, became yeah. a I you be, because you were a valuable writer. Lorne Michaels said to you, "I want you to be a talent scout for Saturday Night Live," and you mm. brought in Sandler. Right? You discovered well, I some give people. My, no. Uh, I was there when Sandler auditioned, and I thought he was hilarious. I actually didn't know if he could be like a sketch performer. I thought he was just a hilarious stand-up. So they hired him as a writer. And what is true is that, like, I was, like, a real champion of him. Me and Conan, really, and, and like, another writer, uh, Bob Odenkirk, obviously, actually, and Greg Daniels, there were four young writers, and we all worked together a lot. And when Adam would read a piece at the Wednesday read-through, he would read some nonsensical weekend update feature about like a, you know, giving travel advice and, you know, and then it all becomes just about personal shit that his character is doing in the city. And, and it's totally bombing with everyone in the room, except for these four nerds in the <laughs> corner, just giggling right. like little school girls. And they all thought we were crazy. And then Lauren let him do one or two of them. And, it turned out that like young people just connected with it. And I remember like a turning point was when I hung out with Farley's brothers because I got to do uh, the Da Bears guys. I was one of those guys. And we were at the Super Bowl doing something with like uh, Pat O'Brien. I don't remember uh, me, George Went and Farley and uh, and his brothers were hanging out. And I was telling them how Chris is the most exciting, funniest performer on the show. It was like his second year. And they were like, no, man, Adam Sandler's the funniest. <laughs> wow. That's, you know, yeah. it was a good crew. And but but when you're a writer on Saturday Night Live and Lauren mm -hmm. allows you, you know, to help yeah. him find new talent. That's a tremendously yes. powerful position for a young guy. I mean, you you, you cool. held the yeah. I mean, you held the, the you were the gatekeeper, one of them. Uh, well, I, I was you know fourth in, fourth gatekeeper in charge. I, I I mean, every now and then I had an influence on the decision. Like uh, actually, after I left the show, I I kind of helped get Rachel Dratch hired, and I was excited wow. for that. She's really funny. Very um, funny. But, she's uh, yeah, Debbie Downer, Rachel Dredge. She, she turned into Debbie Downer. And I remember yeah. that, like, she was 34 at the time. Right. And there was genuine concern that, like, that was old. It was right. a different era, you know? It's so funny yeah. when you think back, like, a, like Jane Pauley and Deborah Norville and the Today Show. Like, Jane Pauley was, like, 37 or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's too now, old. Like, yeah. And now it's, yeah. like, a totally different thing. But, um, but the... Uh, who was I like? I got to see Sandler and Chris Rock audition and Chris Farley. I got to see him at Second City. Were there ever um, times where you were sitting there with Lorne Michaels mm -hmm. and and for whatever reason, Lorne would go, this guy, Chris Rock or Chris Farley. I don't get it. I don't see it, which is I mean, oh, not everyone. Can, guys. <laughs> he saw those guys. He knew that yeah, Chris, he, Chris got, Rock destroyed that night. Did he? I mean, he, he did. Went up, and I was like, can he do sketches? And Lorne said, he can do Arsenio. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Does he do an impression of Arsenio? And he can do Arsenio. <laughs> you know, I think that's a, it's a fun long thing. fingers. Huh? Yeah. And a similar haircut. <laughs> but it is funny because sometimes yeah. you hire a guy and yeah. they don't know what to do with him. 
Like, I don't think they ever used rock effectively, you know? I, I mean, on Saturday Night Live. Oh, how about, like, Damon Wayans, like, 10 years earlier? I mean, right. that was a real example. That was my first year, and, like, Damon had, didn't have any writers who knew how to write. It was just a bunch of... Actually, I was like, there weren't even Jewish guys there. <laughs> like, it right. was even... Like, me and Al Franken were the only Jews on the staff, I remember. Right. It was how like can that be? Really, it was extreme I, it, it, because it was like very Harvard kind of, uh, yeah, I don't yeah. know. It, it, it was, it was that dry humor was dominating comedy. It was like the Letterman, the height of Letterman humor. And, uh, and I know what you mean. Like, like people know, don't know this, but Jewish comics have a certain sensibility. And for Saturday night back then they were seen, they were seen as like more emotional and more raw and like, you know, like Richard Belzer kind of comedy, you know, right. like fetchy and, you know, not ironic like Steve Martin, or, you know, right. Yeah. Writers, you know, it's true. Like, yeah. like when you were working on Conan, yeah. part of the I think part of your desire was to be anti Letterman in the sense that not that you didn't love yes. Dave, but you had to do something different. And it so was because we love Dave that we right. wanted to be anti Letterman. Right. The opposite and, of Letterman, that is, yeah. And by that, you mean not necessarily hiring all the writers right out of Harvard, because for a while that was the move. Is that what, it, what does it mean to be anti-Letterman? I don't understand completely. Well, okay. So that show, like my first interest in doing the show that followed Johnny Carson was when, uh, you know, because Letterman was moving to CBS and Lauren had control of that time slot after Letterman was gone. And Dana Carvey was the first person Lauren wanted and the network wanted. And right. that would have been a no brainer. Me and Dana Carvey wrote together all the time on Saturday Night Live. And I just had all these thoughts of like, oh, we'll do like sketch comedy. We'll we'll bring sketch comedy to late night. And uh, kind of like what Steve Allen did in the 50s. He would like interview people and character Right. That's what I thought we would do with Dana Carvey, except that we'd probably have a sidekick interviewing him. And uh, but I, but it's like we would just do sketches, and like Jimmy Fallon, kind of many years later, did a lot of that. But we did some of it on Conan. You know, when Conan got the gig, it was uh, you know those uh, those ideas in my head remained, and I, I I sort of imposed them on the show in kind of weirder ways because Conan and I bonded in doing kind of surreal absurdist stuff so instead of interviewing celebrities like actors dressed as celebrities we did this thing with the photograph of like bill clinton and we'd cut out his mouth and and i would usually be the guy doing the impression the shitty impression of bill clinton or whoever donald trump arnold schwarzenegger you uh, met but you yeah. but bob you met conan yeah. at saturday night at, live at snl yeah and you said, I didn't know this about Conan was you, in your opinion, maybe the funniest guy in the room at Saturday oh, yeah. Night Live as a writer. Like he's that it's good. Like him and Jim Downey were probably the two guys who could make everybody laugh. Yeah. Was, does that mean you're a great sketch writer if you're the funniest guy in the room? Because some people don't translate. No, it doesn't necessarily translate. In Conan's case, he was a great sketch writer. Absolutely great sketch writer and super fun to write with. Like what, what his, I mean, his greatest strength, well, he was a great idea guy too, but you know, what made him really, what, what really stuck out with him is that he could make any scene better. Like if I had an idea 
And Conan liked the idea and wanted to write it with me. I knew that, you know, it was going to be funnier because he's and you, just And you guys amazing. never got envious of the performers, in other words. I mean, I know you were in the De Bears sketch and stuff, but did you, you never got envious of like Sandler and Chris Rock. I get and all envious. These- I love performing. I love it. It's so much fun. But I kind of, like I was hired in 1985 and it was a very rocky year with like all those young kids, Robert Downey and Anthony Michael Hall and uh, future governor, Randy Quaid. <laughs> right. <laughs> there are all these people who are incredibly talented people, but they weren't all necessarily sketch performers. You know, Lovitz was there, Nora Dunn, they were sketch performers, but most of them didn't have a sketch background. So there was a part of me that thought at times, oh, I could have performed this sketch better. Then the next year, Dana Carvey, Phil Hartman, Jan Hooks, they're all brought in, bam, bam, bam. And I'm like, ah, you're supposed to be that good, right? That's how good you're supposed to be. And I'm not that. (laughs) Would you get (laughs) pissed off at some of the people if you wrote something particularly good, but they didn't deliver the goods? In other words, you're like, I was a huge pain in the ass back then. I wouldn't get pissed off, but I would be this like, you know, niggling little uh, guy who'd knock on their dressing room door and be like, you know, that line like between dress and air. And I could just see their dead eyes like, here it comes. Mm -hmm. I got to be on television in like, you know, 40 minutes and. The nerd you, is going to tell me how to read this line. I don't know you in your personal life, but are you one of those guys that is kind of unassuming? Like, if I'm hanging out with you, are you a guy who's really yeah. not funny uh, <laughs> with his friends? Or are, are you on all the time? Or are you, are you just no, the guy who goes into God, a room no. and then, right? No, you're a serious kind of guy. Well, I'm serious with when when I'm working on a show, like I'm a big worrier know people translate it and think it's a workaholic thing but it's not mm-hmm. it's i'm a worryholic i i just there's this one video that i saw like 20 years later and it kind of broke my heart it was at saturday night live like on a tuesday or or maybe a thursday night on thursdays we would rewrite material yep. and uh all the stuff that had been selected and we're just in the room. All these writers are there and somebody videotaped it because somebody had taken apart some sort of a ball. And I don't know, it fascinated us back then. It was like a baseball or something. And somebody had pulled out the core and it was really gooey and strange. And nobody had, and we were just, everybody was throwing it against the wall and taking turns and laughing. And, uh, and the camera, whoever took this camera, shot is just panning around the room with people like participating and laughing and then it hits me and i'm just looking at a script and worrying about right how i'm gonna make it better <laughs> and when you look at your life do you go i worried too much like i should have oh, enjoyed yeah. those moments at i kind of do and i kind of know that one of the reasons i was good was because i really you know care about details and like it's at a certain point jim downey the head writer asked me to watch everybody else's pieces on fridays when they were being camera blocked because he was like you're you produce stuff better than anybody else and uh, you produce your sketches better than anyone else does so i'm gonna employ you to help everybody else's sketches including yours were you uh, were you 
insulted. Did you leave Saturday Night Live insulted because Lorne Michaels would not make you head writer? In oh, other words, God, no. you were this workaholic. You, you, you've, you've hit and I'll, I'll tell people what the, the home runs you've hit uh, with sketches, some of the most iconic ones. It would seem to me that when you wanted to be head writer, it was your time. I didn't want to be head writer. You know, I was so, here's what I was. I was a brat. I was very opinionated, like a lot of people get. But I, I don't know. I had very supportive parents, and I sort of just had this inner confidence that, so I kind of wore my honesty on my sleeve from a very early period at Saturday Night Live, even though I was incredibly intimidated on the one hand. But there was this other part of me. I was like the nerdiest person who ever got hired by SNL. Loved the show more than anyone. I grew up in New York. So I just, it had even more of an impact on me in the 70s than it did. Because it like, it really changed New York in a lot of ways. He doesn't get enough credit, Lauren. Lauren, Like yeah. New York was, this was the A-beam struggling era. And suddenly horrible the cool show on, Johnny Carson abandoned New York right. for Burbank. Everybody was abandoning New York. And suddenly there was the coolest show on television came uh, out of the RCA building, it was called at the time. And it started with the phrase live from New York Saturday. Right. Yep. And Lauren, Lauren's name should be on like, they should rename that block after him. I swear to God. And I'm not well, you're kissing right. his ass. They no, really you're should right. call, I mean, people like, I, have you seen some of the names that have, uh, that have, had streets named after them. <laughs> in the city. Who are they? Yeah. I don't know. There's like some guy who worked at WINS for 20 years who's got a who's got a street. Yeah, like, Herb Oscar Anderson uh, uh, Boulevard, but 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 you know, yeah, you're right. There is a certain I mean, Saturday Night Live celebrated in New York, live from New York. You're right. It was and, a huge it, thing. It was a huge. It really thing was at the time, and and uh, and it also spotlighted. Me. You know, in their opening montage, you know, they would show CBGBs and the cool shit that was happening at the time. Well, if you remember, and then, you know, and, and once Lauren and then Lauren ended up bringing the Tonight Show back to New York. You know, right. I mean, if anybody would deserve like a street named after them, it's that but you're right. Remember, because that was the time when Gerald Ford, who was the president at the time, said, fuck you yes. in New York. Like, we're not yes. going to help you. The we're famous Daily you News out. headline. <laughs> I wish yeah. it had been Ford to New York. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah what was the actual headline it was like drop dead drop, drop dead. dead yeah yeah it, he, it wouldn't, hurt. he wouldn't give us aid at the time yeah 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 and it, it killed him how do Probably you at 20 cost the election i don't know about anybody else but i am fascinated by how at 25 years old i remember me at mm -hmm. 25 as a fucking mess how at oh, 25 God. do you get that job being a writer how do you even know you can write how do you know that I you didn't. could be a i you know, the last time I was on, I told you all about how I thought I was going to be a dentist because I had no confidence that I could make people laugh other than my friends. You yeah, know, by the I'd way, I've always been good at that. Yeah, I've watched that video of your father. Your father was a dentist yeah. and your father. I've watched the video at least seven times of him on um, on TV on That's Incredible doing bonding for <laughs> wow. the first time. He was the first dentist to ever go on TV. He invented bonding. Yeah. And he basically developed the idea of using this material that was supposed to be for uh, cavities to, to resemble teeth instead of being silver. But then he sort of built on that idea and like started repairing chip teeth. And then he started building out people's smiles, you know, giving them longer teeth if they wanted it. And and yeah, and that's so then he went on. That's incredible. You're right. 
He Not did. I watched Tarkenton. Yes. <laughs> and, Kathy and so, Lee Crosby, I think. And the old man probably said, son, we're on to a good thing here. Be a dentist. So, well, he didn't. He was very cool about like he did not. Tell me this is what you should do. It was totally me thinking that I have no skills other than being funny. I'm never going to make a living being funny. My dad has this unbelievable practice and I actually thought I would be good because I was good with my hands. I could draw really well. Mm -hmm. um, what I would have been terrible at was like making small talk with people. That would have been right. a disaster. <laughs> you would have been more like triumph the insult dentist. <laughs> I would have, would have had been... to do it in character in order to, to handle it. Because I would describe your humor based on the sketches you've wrote and I, uh, written, and I will tell people what they are. But, yeah. but uh, it's a biting, angry humor, which is the best humor. It really is. <laughs> and it's observational it's a mixture humor. Of, I think it's a mixture of biting and silly. I, I think a lot but, of But don't stuff you is... think... It's really mm -hmm. true. Uh, being the writer you are, it really is true. Yeah. You've got to sit down, find the things that annoy you most in life, and then write a sketch about it or write a joke about it. Yeah. That's where it all That's comes true. from. I, it's, it's either stuff that annoys you or makes you really uncomfortable. Right. You know? What's and, your process? Uh, when you were writing 25 years old for Saturday Night Live, do you remember the first thing you got on air? Yes. What was it? I was writing a lot of weird shit at the time and failing miserably. Uh, you know, I was because it was again, it was the Letterman era. And my first instinct was I want to write weird stuff. Like, And Andy Kaufman was another hero of mine. So I would write shit like uh, there was a sketch, like a candid camera sketch, which was like practical jokes on animals. So it was like, <laughs> <laughs> get a load, take a look at this goat, react to the moving mailbox. <laughs> it's just a live goat and the goat has no reaction. Or, you know, you this like turtle. Yes. You you like doing animal humor. I think one of the oh best my sketches God, do I, I love. Animal I know humor. because you've got Triumph the Insult Dog, but forget that. One of the best sketches I think that you ever wrote was the um I forget what the chicken's name is, Clucky the Chicken or something. <laughs> that's my and, that's maybe my favorite SNL sketch that I ever wrote. It, it is fantastic. It's um a commercial for a chicken house and you know they always have the cute little chicken cartoon who says how great uh, it is and the and the car and the, the chicken's like you got to come to Clucky the chickens because you're going to have a you watch them chop my head off and watch them put yeah. me into an oven yeah. and watch they Right you know. like one of the like one of the customers is like hey Clucky how is it that the ch your chicken is so darn good it's because I'm flame broiled and then he's like they show you the flames and then they, and then he takes you through the whole process. First, they chop my head off. Bam. Oh, and it's so great because you there's see nothing more to tumble in the sky. Yeah. And then you see the actual chicken they're using and they're chopping off his legs with the claws <laughs> on them. Yeah. And it's just it's so awful. fucking sadistic. It's awful. It'll make you stop eating chicken. <laughs> oh, it's such a great sketch. So, so yeah. how do you get that gig? Like, well, how does one at 25 years old prove right. to them? That you're good I enough. I was so lucky. I was so lucky. I don't think I'd get a gig this year uh, in, in this era. It's so much more competitive. I mm -hmm. I probably work in comedy, but getting SNL, I think, would be way harder. And not that it wasn't, not that it was easy, but what happened was, I was performing in Chicago with some friends of mine that I had made. Like, uh, so basically, I sucked at science in college and gave up, and just with nothing else to do, I I, I did a little stand-up, and I, I won a contest, and that gave me some confidence. 
Were you good at stand up? Chicago. I I was okay. I just didn't want to keep doing it. I didn't have the the motivation. Yeah, to just go out because I like won a spot at the comic strip, and then I had to perform at one. Hey, you won! So now you get to go start your way like one thirty at night. Mm. You're doing. It's a tough life. I was like, yeah, and I was trying. I wanted to do weird shit. I wanted to be you know, like Andy Kaufman and Steve Martin. So I would come out as like this, or I probably told this story. I apologize, but like I, I think you did. as an Orthodox Jew and I wore a cotton candy beard and I would come out and not say a word, just like these grumpy guys from the synagogue I grew up going to. And he'd hold this big book and he'd lick his finger like they all do when they're turning the page. And then after a while, and I would not say a word, and it was like very Andy Kaufman, you know, yeah. And until they started laughing, and then I would keep going, and then once they that laughter subsided, then I would start eating a piece of the beard, the cotton candy beard, <laughs> that kind of shit. And then, and you can't do that at one thirty at night. The audience hates you. They anybody who stays at a comedy club that late. Just wants you to talk to them. It's like, but it plus it's such an you know if you're not a Jew and you haven't been to a synagogue, <laughs> you see these well, guys. Yeah. I know who you're talking about. They're the right. devout, the ones who sit and then they lick. They, they don't care what they look like. They don't care how they're coming off. No. They're from another. They're from another planet. You'd be surprised how many uh, Jews are in New York, though. <laughs> it's like, uh, it used to do pretty well when I had <laughs> no, a decent times. When I had a decent time slot. I did right. fine, but when I was on at one thirty, it was like, say something. <laughs> Great. Thanks for getting the joke. Wait, yeah. So so how do you so get I the moved job? to Chicago? So right. I was in Chicago. I did sketch comedy there. I went to a place called Players Workshop of the Second City. Very and you nurturing. dropped out of college? You dropped out of college. No, I graduated. I graduated, graduated and I actually got into NYU dental school, but then I mm. failed organic chemistry. It was hilarious. I just like I had tutors and I just could not help Get but it. fail. Mm. And like, they still wanted to take me because of my father. Right. And it was hilarious. Cause it's like this admissions director. And I, and I was saying, I want to defer for a year because I was still into comedy at this point. I had started getting interested in it. And she said, that's very good. That's great. You know, you'll make a better dentist. If you have an overall, you know, more of a Renaissance man thing, <laughs> did you finish your studies? Did you finish all your classes? And um, she wanted, and oh, I, I had like a C average, but they were going to take me because of my father. And I'm like, yeah, I finished except for uh, organic chemistry too. I, what, well, what happened? What'd you get? What was your grade? Um, I got an F. And she's like, <laughs> literally, is like stumped. She's like, because she wants yeah. my dad's son in the. Yeah. She's like, wow, an F. Okay, that's going to be hard. <laughs> Yeah, we don't care who's we don't care what who you are and what's what father you have yeah she didn't want to say that but she was like i'm not gonna be able to pull that one off so, so it was just so you go yeah. to chicago how do you get the yeah. this job at Saturday so my Rock? friend so i so you know i i took these classes and i ended up meeting people and we formed a comedy group that's what happened in chicago a lot back then it was great it was the best place to start easily right because and it probably still is because all the focus is on just doing good work. There's no end game. Like in New York and L.A., everyone's obsessed about, you know, who's going to see them and what it's going to lead to. And in Chicago, you're not in that environment. 
You're just there to do funny stuff. And I think it's a better way to, you know, yeah, you're right. Your style. If you're doing yeah. comedy in New York, it's like, oh, I've got this, you know, uh, there's so many distractions and so many dreams and so many places to go. In Chicago, it's, so, it's kind of like you're just devoting yourself to the whatever the hell the yeah. sketch is. I mean, the, New York is in general just a very goal oriented yeah. place. And I think Midwesterners in general are more content with their lives and less ambitious. You want to know something? That might be the best explanation. I always wondered why out of Chicago they had all these sketch comedy troops and why they were all so successful. Yeah. You, you're absolutely right. It's a different environment than New York. It's not this. Yeah. It's, it's not the goal-oriented uh, city. You know, and I'm very lucky because now there's all sorts of ways to start in improv in New York. And right. I would never have thought to go to Chicago. It didn't exist back then in New York. Mm-hmm. I, right. The only place to go was Chicago or Los Angeles where they had the groundlings. But, but I met somebody who had done it in Chicago, so I went there. And so we formed a very successful comedy group. And then this guy in my group, Dave Reynolds, who ended up writing, fi- co-writing Finding Nemo, a uh, really funny guy. He got cast in a movie that Al Franken and Tom Davis were making in Chicago. And so Al Franken and Tom Davis ended up coming to our show and they really liked our show and they took us out for beer afterward. And, and I thought that's great. That's like kind of a validation. Let's keep going. We're doing good. But then like two weeks later, um, I found out that Al and Tom, like Lorne Michaels was coming back. I like, I read it. Do you remember how TV guide, like you could only get any information about show business from like that first page in TV guide yeah. that wasn't shiny. Right. Right. Flat yeah, they, they, it was an insider. Was like kind that. Of, uh, <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. That's like all the information that was available at the time. So I would always read that page and it said Lorne Michaels was coming back to Saturday night live and he's hiring Al Franken and Tom Davis as his oh. producers. And I was like, holy shit, I know somebody at Saturday Night Live. I can't believe this. I'm so gonna have Franken it. and Davis gave you your, your break and they got they introduced 100%. you. hundred percent. Yeah. Wow. Well they wow. well they showed well, me and two other guys got to audition and um and one of them almost got hired in the cast. This guy, Doug Dale, who's one of the funniest people I know, he was beaten out by John Lovitz and oh, he's wow. never really had any Real, it's amazing how you, that can happen. How do you audition as a writer? Do you just submit um, different sketches you've written? Um, yes. I, I, wow. I submitted a writer's packet, some of the stuff from the show, but then I wrote other stuff, and, and they liked it. So I, I can't believe to this day that, that I got hired. It's still is it, amazes is it a, me. A, is it still like this in Hollywood or when you're pitching stuff? Um, you know, I, I, two th- thoughts went through my head just now as you were talking. Number one, imagine yeah. a, a young guy like yourself when back in the day, if the pandemic had hit back then, like yeah. all of this was based on human connection. You you right. went to and you met Franken and Davis and then that's how your career started. Imagine if there was a pandemic you know? and all of a sudden that all shut down, like you couldn't even get a career off the ground. That's why I feel bad for young people right now with this pandemic. Oh, it's yeah. Difficult, Everybody's. Man. It's weird. Like psychologically, I know people in that position and there's like a part of them that's very frustrated. And then there's another part of them and it's kind of sick that they're like, well, everybody else is, is stalled too. Like they, My. they don't have to worry <laughs> about anyone else succeeding <laughs> while they, yeah. while they, you know, everyone's taking a, like a national mulligan or something. Yeah, um, I know. And, uh, but, but, you know, when you talk about, um, 
you know, writing. Yeah. First of all, I can't believe that that story with Franken and Davis. It's such a great fucking story. And, and, uh, are you still close without Franken? Because, uh, I, I am, I, 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 am. I mean, I, I'm a, I wish he was still in the Senate. I really do. I oh, wish he man. Had, yeah. He's, he was great. He was a great Senator, you know, yep. listen, I mean, uh, it's, you know, whether, whatever he did, it just, it probably, it, it I, I, you know, he, he should have been able to have it, uh, you know, evaluated by the Senate ethics committee. Right. But he was pressured to resign in a way the Republicans never do with, like, I mean, look at Matt Gates. I mean, Jesus right. Christ. I know what, it's a the, the allegations standard. about Matt Gates compared to what's going on, what happened with Franken, not to minimize at all, right. you know, what, what these you. people supposedly felt. But, you know, the bottom line with that is that it was, he was collateral damage. You know, they were trying to win Alabama. That right. guy, that remember that crazy guy? What was yep. his name? Roy Moore. Yep, yep. And they couldn't criticize Roy Moore unless they cleaned up uh, everyone who had any accusation right. against them. And let me tell you this: uh, if if the governor of Minnesota had been a Republican, mm-hmm. Al Franken would not have been pressured by his colleagues to resign. Al Franken right. was pressured because they knew that the Democratic governor of Minnesota would replace him with a Democrat. Ah. Uh. You're right. That's true. Yeah, I hadn't considered it's, it's, that. Some, you know, uh, but but getting back to this, the only reason I'm concentrating on this Saturday Night Live, I do want to give you the credit you're due. Uh, Bob wrote the Star Trek convention sketch where William Shatner tells the Trekkies to get a life. Yeah, I yeah. love that. That's so great. And it's great that he went that along was, with it. it. He laughed really hard when I pitched it to him. And I don't even know where I heard that term, get a life. I didn't make it up, but it had never really been used uh, before. And it probably of anything I ever wrote in a sketch that became more of a, of a thing as a result of that sketch, uh, than anything I'd ever written. But the best I'm sketch that sure. you ever wrote uh, that, you know, you have said, you, you said the best sketch that you ever saw on Saturday Night Live was when, uh, Patrick Swayze and Chris Farley. Oh, um, no, I would say it's best. It's no, one of your favorites. Fair to it's say? a great it's, sketch. No, you know what? I was in a debate about it with some people. They wrote Chris Farley's book about, um, you know, which was everybody kind of weighing in on Chris's life and what happened to him. And and I think somebody in the book said something like that sketch was the first step in killing him. You know, which where he auditioned because, for Chippendales. Yeah, because it was like it was this. I don't even remember. It was almost like he had no respect for himself by doing that sketch. And it was sort of sad. Well, the sketch, a, the, 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 the controversy was it was Patrick Swayze, who's, you know, gorgeous, and Chris, yeah. who's overweight, auditioned for Chippendales. And the joke, yeah. re- the, the, the criticism was that the joke was Farley was just, you know, made, being made fun of because he was a fat guy. And he's not just right. a fat guy, he was one of the greatest comics. But and that's so, why the sketch wasn't like what was amazing about the sketch and what people forget is that Farley was incredibly nimble and he was a, he was an athlete and he danced incredibly well in that sketch. Yes, actually, he was and funny. he had this fantastic energy. And like if you hadn't had the part where they said, well, we choose Patrick Swayze. Like, in a way, it was like a very empowering sketch. And I think that's what people felt the first time they watched it. Like, look at this guy go and be completely 
proud of, you know, unashamed and just going yeah. for it. I thought know? it was, I mean, I think it showed off what a great physical comedian he was. He's an amazing uh, he, physical comedian. He was so an amazing did, physical yes. comedian. Was he the, the the highlight of uh, performers in that group of people that you worked with? Is he the guy? I mean, you know, all comparisons. Uh, it's, it's impossible to compare. I mean, he was the most explosively funny person. Yes. I think most people who worked at that time would agree with that. Here's what I want to credit you with, too. And I th- this is my favorite sketch that maybe I ever saw. There's a lot of sketches on Saturday Night Live that I loved. I, I love when Bill Hader was a puppet. Uh, I don't know if you remember that sketch. Um, you didn't write that one. It Bill Hader was a puppet. Oh, yeah. But, but he he was, was working a puppet. Yeah, I, that's one of my favorite sketches on there. But the one that you wrote, I believe you wrote. And at the time, I was a big fan of the McLaughlin group. <laughs> you did a parody. You wrote a parody of the McLaughlin yes. group. I don't know how many yes. people remember this. But Jesus, right. it was dead on. It was great. Yeah. The line, Dana Carvey played McLaughlin and it yeah. was, it was rhythmic. It was almost like a Beatles song. Right. It was so good. <laughs> it's true. Uh, it was you know musical. I mean? And Dana and I, that's how Dana and I used to bond in finding the music in a performer, in, in somebody's vocal rhythms, you yep. know? And that yeah. was one that I gave to him. But a lot of times he would start with the impression and we would write it. Uh, you know, we would expand it and write like Regis. He just had a naturally amazing Regis, but I had certain things that I observed about Regis and we would just fuse these kind of impressions together, you know, but I can't I mean, imagine what you must've been in heaven writing with Dana Carvey. Not only is he oh a good God. sketch writer, but this fucking guy can do any voice. And as you say, he has a rhythm to the voices that is naturally fun. Yes. And but he's we, like completely without ego. I mean, I shouldn't say that everybody, and there's no such person. <laughs> but he was, but he was, uh, he was very practical like me. Like he just had a very practical approach to work. You know, he didn't, he, he didn't have a lot of bells and whistles around him trying to charm people. He was, he came in and he was like, this is a list of impressions I do. If you're interested, I'd love to work with you on stuff. And he was just going around to writers and, uh, that's you know, we guy. used to, yeah, but, 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 but that's a guy you kind of say, it's almost like. I mean, yeah, he was in the Wayne's World movies and stuff, but nobody ever really knew what to do with him. Saturday Night Live was a perfect vehicle for yeah. him. And that, like, well, he didn't, he what? didn't really present much as a, uh, like he was just a very unassuming person in real life, you know? And that mm-hmm. probably, so, so when he would, he was good in sketches as himself. He could be very dry and stuff, but I think, yeah, in movies, they didn't exactly know what to do with him because they hadn't figured out what the Dana Carvey persona was, you know, I think Mm. he would have been an amazing talk show host. If he had ever taken that job, if he had wanted it, I think he's so charming and so funny, you know, you've interviewed him here. But I always thought he could have a career. This is my brain thinking. He could have had a career as big as Jim Carrey's that Dana Carvey is funny you know, when Jim burst on the scene, he did a series, I would say it was three movies right off the bat that were right. like character driven. Yeah. If if Dana could have found that, I think he'd be in that in that level of success. I mean, he yeah, I mean, I think uh, Dana did some movies and they weren't really. He didn't really write them. And I think people were trying to fit. Fit kind of I mean, comedy movies were kind of corny back then. A lot of them, they were sort of. Right. Very vehicle oriented, you know, written around. Uh, 
you know, the women were always like doormats who were like, are you really going to do that? (laughs) There was never Apatow. I give him a lot of credit for sort of expanding what modern comedies just, just sort of like there are many more people being funny in a movie than just the one lead guy. And everybody's like, huh, what are you doing now? Why, why can't, here's a question for you. You probably thought about this. Why can't Mm -hmm. somebody sustain a career on Saturday night live? I mean, why can't a guy like Dana Carvey say, you know what? I'm, I kill on this thing. I'm great People on this People do thing. it now. Look at Keenan Thompson. I don't know how many years he's been on Saturday Night Live, like 15 by now? Yeah. It's like I mean, it was unheard of back then that anyone would do that. But why? Uh, why is it a stigma? You know, if somebody's in a good show. It's not anymore. It seems like but it Dana... Any- maybe it's also do they not pay enough money too is that it like people well i mean i think they don't they i do think that i'm sure keenan by now gets i'm sure keenan as well but i but also keenan has had other opportunities i think he's got a sitcom right now right and you know i think lauren always feels like the show is a springboard for people to do other things but a lot of them don't you know for every adam sandler there's like 20 people who who don't have that uh, success. But Carvey, Bob, but- have you seen his... I just got to ask you, have you seen him do Joe Biden? No, I haven't. Oh, oh. no, wait, on Saturday Night Live, yeah. No, no, no. no, he he ha- no Carvey hasn't done it on Saturday Night Live. He did no. it on Colbert. Look no, I haven't up. seen it. I haven't you seen it. I should look, look it up. up. And, and, it, yeah, it's it amazing. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's you know, his I, funniest he's- president since Bush. I could do seven hours with you on this because I'm so <laughs> fascinated. Like, like, like you, you were part of writing the sketch, the Matt Foley for, uh, for, uh, um, very little part of it. I oh. mean, that's Bob Odenkirk and Farley's thing. And all I did was Bob Odenkirk had left the show by the time it's, it's kind of hard to imagine because it's, I think it may be the funniest sketch in the show's history. Right. And they, they wouldn't put it on. They all saw Chris do it at Second City. And Why wouldn't then, they put it on? What that I don't seems crazy. Know. I right. swear to God, I don't know. I mean, Bob Odenkirk didn't rub everybody the right way all yeah. the time, and that might have entered into it. Like they they literally put it on after he was gone, and so it was. <laughs> they and they put me in charge of producing it, and there was one moment at the end that I added because I thought it it works in theater, but it, I think on TV we need one more physical moment at the end. So that moment where he's like. Matt's going to be your shadow. You're here. Matt's here. Uh, you're there. Matt's there. And then he knocks over the coffee table. It was he smashes big, into the coffee table. Smashes so into put, the coffee table, yes. That's the biggest laugh in the in the whole thing. So, I mean, it really I don't, know. Is. I don't know if it's the biggest laugh, but it's, it's pretty it was, good. It needed, the sketch needed one more moment like that, and it was nice. But you know what? You know what the bad part of that was? That was like the first time Farley ever fell. Like, Again, speaking to his the positive side of his talent, like that Chippendale sketch, what was so cool about it was that he was not a clumsy, you know, boorish. Yeah, he wasn't just dumb, slow, fat guy. He was like fat guy going for it in an amazing way. And you know what I you know what I always say about him? The greatest thing I ever saw Chris Farley do forgetting the Saturday Night Live. He was a guest on Letterman. You can look this one. Oh, the entrance. At the entrance, yeah. and he does this insane entrance where this guy was some physical I athlete. I mean, he would be I doing know. somersaults and like right, and then he goes right out the door. Like you know, he's like, it's just incredible. the greatest thing I ever saw. Yeah, I never yeah. met him, but yeah. he's the best. Oh, you never met him? 
No, oh. never had him on the show, oh. and oh. never got to meet him. Yeah, I, I know some yeah. of his family, but 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 not him. Yeah, yeah. You know, before we run out of time, I want to talk about some things that are close to your heart. Um, mm. And and, and uh, thanks for doing Triumph. I know you know it's not always <laughs> easy to get you to do that, but Bob Smigel uh, is working on a couple of projects, and I think people will be interested in this. First of all, uh, Bob, you have a a, a son who has uh, autism. And you've yes. devoted your life to um, raising money for autism, and yeah. um, and 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 it's a tough, it's a tough. You know, I know some people who have kids who are autistic. It, yes. To me, the scariest part of it is knowing as you get older, if your kid's in bad shape, I'm going to leave the world. My wife's going to leave the world. Yes, who's going to take care of my child? Well, it's such a complicated thing, Howard, because there are so many kids like my son who were in that position. Yeah. Who have, you know, severe call, autism, you know? Yeah. You know, and now there, and there's a lot of terminology that like people don't like to use anymore like that, you know, it gets very complicated, but yes, he definitely has very high needs and, um, you know, he's nonverbal for the most part and he's had various issues, but there are, you know, what's complicated is that, there's a whole, it's still, autism covers this enormous spectrum, this enormous umbrella. And what we were starting to learn later than I would have liked to is that, and I'm still, believe me, I'm so proud of all the efforts that everybody's made to raise money and all my friends doing these events. It's been amazing. Uh, a lot of the focus when we do those events are on kids like my son you know, who have right. very high needs, but because we cover, because it's autism and autism covers a huge spectrum. What we're starting to understand now is that you just, you have to acknowledge that there are a lot of people with autism who are very capable of functioning and contributing and, and, you know, being employed and they have to live with a stigma of, being, you know, thought of as lesser and, um, and it's not right. And, and it's something that we're all trying to be very, uh, you know, be very vigilant of at this point. You know? Is your goal with, with, uh, I'll, I want to announce this charity event. I think people want to yes. watch it. It's uh, a lot spectrum. of funny people. Yes. Yes. Um, are you trying to find a cure for autism? No. Are, are you just no. trying to, what are you trying to accomplish? Something, to here's the thing. And I will say this, like night of too many stars, my wife and I started like 18 years ago. And the whole point of it was to be the fundraiser that was not about a cure. And I'm right. not going to tell you that when my son was first born and uh, first, excuse me, first diagnosed and we saw his skills regress that we weren't very scared for him. And, uh, and, you know, our first thoughts were about a cure. That's where all the information that we were getting at the time was, was about, you know, like there, there were no autistic voices out there for the most part. It's very right. different now with social media and with people just evolving and learning and, and feeling empowered to speak. But back then it was all about, you know, there was like Temple Grandin and very, very few other voices. So really the voices were parental dominated and, uh, and yes, and there was a lot of voices talking about a cure. And, but Michelle and I just wanted to 
you know, help our son get through this and learn how to communicate his needs. That was our biggest concern. Like, I want to know when he doesn't feel well. I want to know when he needs things. That was our, you know, and so, and, and we, we had a lot of trouble getting into any kind of school at all because there was such a shortage of it. So that's what we focused on. We were like, Jesus, if I can't get into schools for my kid with my dog puppet, (laughs) right? it's like, imagine all these people who don't have dog puppets. And, uh, and you know, I didn't have to imagine because I heard, stories and how frustrated people were and how helpless they felt. And by the way, you you make a good point. Speaking of helpless, like, I mean, you're, you're a very successful writer and and producer of things and you make a good living. How expensive is it to prepare? Because if you're trying to make sure your son has enough money to be taken care of, because he can't take care of himself. Yeah. You've got to start financially planning. I still do. yeah, like, like what's the I'll pl- never like, stop like, what's working. What's the plan? Right. I ha- my plan is never to stop working because I know that Daniel is going to need people helping him all the way through his life. And uh, how expensive is that, Bob? For a, for, for as, how do you? It's more expensive than it ought to be, uh, you know. But it's because it's such a rare, you know, the services are just lacking still i mean we have amazing people working with my son really kind people and we had he actually got covid uh, Mm. and the people are so dedicated that you know he lives in a house with other autistic uh individuals young in their 20s and um and daniel got covid and it was our biggest nightmare like oh my god what if he has to he's going to have to be quarantined within his house and he's going to have to be confined in his room, but all these people who worked at the house, like raise their hands, like I'll put on the PPE and I'll spend hours with him. Wow. Did yeah. he understand why he was being, does, I don't know what his level of understanding is, but does he, does he, able I think to he understands, you know, this is a, something I always deal with, with people like Daniel, you know, a lot of people kind of, um, assume because Daniel's nonverbal and because Daniel seems to not necessarily be responsive all the time because he's reacting to sensory issues constantly that they assume that they can talk about him like he's not there. That's something that drives me nuts, you know, (laughs) because I refuse to make that assumption. I just know. And, and it, it goes a long way into how I've kind of treated this like you know, we've had an evolution. Like when we first started Night of Too Many Stars, even though we had the best of intentions in terms of we didn't want to cure, we called it a disease. Then we got rid of that and they started calling it ASD, Autistic, Autistic Spectrum Disorder. But even by like 2015, like I had John Stewart, I was like, we're never calling it even a disorder anymore. I'm going to call it a condition. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just because I wanted... uh people not feel stigmatized by it, but I wanted people to understand that Daniel is a whole person. He's not somebody who has some disorder that's prohibiting him from whatever you think, like that he's just incapable of connecting with people, that kind of thing. And, you know, when I was, again, when I started and he was diagnosed and I was a young parent, all the attitude was like, You've got to treat this child. The reason that people would advocate for schools back then 
for better schools, which were necessary. But the the reason they would use is like, well, if you can train these kids to, you know, um, communicate better, then they can contribute to society and it'll pay for itself. That was the attitude. And, you know, that sounds good on some level, but knowing the Daniel I know now, and I know that Daniel's going to have jobs like working in a farm and working in custodial kind of work and stuff that's going to make him very happy, but he's not going to, you know, this concept that you're not worthy unless you're quote unquote contributing to society. I wanted to just remove people of that idea at this fundraiser and let them know that these people are whole individuals and that they are entitled to have the best life possible, regardless of what you think they're contributing to society. You know, you're, what you're measuring as your idea of what a contribution is. They're whole individuals with feelings and needs and it's very important to keep to remember that and and not treat them as anything less than you know full human beings and they're entitled to the best opportunity to have the best life that's possible for them and that's worth that's worth a ton of money was yeah. daniel your firstborn yes he was my firstborn yeah. were you afraid to have more children after that were you we didn't like have a... children for 10 years after that we were wow. we were so focused on daniel's needs that we felt like um, we were like, forget this. We're not going to, we, we can't have other kids. We got, there was so much work to do with Daniel. You know, he became self-injurious because he would get frustrated because he couldn't communicate his needs. Right. And um, it was, it just was something that we just had no interest in focusing on anybody else. And then, how hard you know, was it? How hard was it, Bob, on your marriage? I mean, you know, a it lot was, of couples you know, break up. I, I know, I know that there's these statistics they throw out about high divorce rates. I don't know what, you know, people like to throw statistics out. I can tell you that it made my marriage stronger. It really did because, um, my wife and I just were in it together and, um, the hard work that I see her put in every day not just for Daniel, but for other people like he, she helps moms who have been diagnosed, whose kids have been diagnosed. She does it on a daily basis. Plus we have another kid who's diabetic, <laughs> you know, one of our twins, our twins are amazing and healthy, but one of them has diabetes. And, uh, so we wake up in the middle of the night when his blood sugar is low. She does all this stuff. And, and, right. you know, I live and with it, my it, hero. She's, she's the most amazing person I know. So it's wow. like, I mean, I, a lot of this, I mean, my son has been the greatest gift of my whole life easily, you know, just because he's amazing and I've learned so much just from him and then, but also getting to see people at their best and, and like these people who've come in and, and attempted to help him communicate and they're so gentle and they're so patient and the learning is very incremental and they're without ego, it seems, you know, and I come from a world where like, the whole, all we, all our inherent uh, world is all about self-expression. You know, it's almost comical right. sometimes to to think about all the things that were so important to me and then just have this parade of amazing people in my life 
over the last 15 years helping helping my son. So, it's really yeah, I, I, my heart goes out to you with this because I know other people with autistic mm-hmm. kids, and the thing is, like, the biggest worry is like, oh shit, I'm not going to be here forever. Yeah, but I mean, uh, there's a lot to be gained from it. I I, I promise you, it's um, you know, it's, well, it's a challenge, but it's also uh, I feel very privileged to. The you know, autism benefit is called uh, color the spectrum, right? And um, color the spectrum. It's uh, Jimmy Kimmel and his buddy Mark Rober, who is a brilliant engineer, who has a son uh, who's autistic, who is um, a, a wonderful kid, and he has um he's got a lot of uh, great people on the show and we're gonna um they're gonna do a show gonna, with john live stewart stream. Yeah, yes this is great i think you might want to see this john stewart conan o'brien chris rock adam sandler stephen colbert john oliver andy samberg with uh, uh, additional musical performances sketches and science stunts yeah and, sarah silverman uh, sarah you know, silverman. a lot of amazing yeah, and this guy does hilarious science stunts. He's a, he was a former NASA engineer. He's got an enormous following among kids. So it's going to be very this? goofy. It's going to be you on it? YouTube. It's going to be on Mark Rober's channel on YouTube on okay. Friday night at 8 p.m., I believe, Eastern Time, 5 o'clock Pacific. It's going to be a live stream. People are going to be doing bits and auctioning off silly stuff and uh, – it's definitely going to be a lot of fun, and and I'm hoping and expecting that we're also going to have autistic voices on the show. You know, this is again something that that I feel like more than ever we want to, you know, include people with autism. Uh, well, they, okay, autistic people. This the terminology is. I know you, you don't want to all fuck the time. Up. You don't want to always want. People. Yes, exactly. Yeah, but. I know. They, uh, but you know what? It's, it's all, it's a very good thing. It's a very good thing. You know, a lot of people. I hope your son has met, I hope your son has met Triumph the Insult Dog. I hope they have at least been in the same. (laughs) They have. My twins really love Triumph. Triumph. Yes. (laughs) My twins have even done rim shots for Triumph at times. (laughs) But Um, you know, Howard. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Talk about this. I, I, I don't mean to. My Fox Fox will. That's what I'm about to. That's what I'm about kill to me get if to. I don't talk about this. <laughs> uh, I've told you what a great writer Bob is. You know him from Triumph. You know him from Conan. You know him from Saturday Night Live. You know him from all these great sketches he wrote. But uh, this is kind of exciting. Uh, watch uh, this. Let's be real, which premieres yes. tomorrow night at eight thirty on Fox. This show, I've never seen puppets like this. I, I saw the. Um, Have you seen any of it? Well, I saw the. Um, I went online and saw. Um, um, See Matt Lauer Trump, and Charlie Rose. M- Matt oh, Lauer, oh. the Charlie Rose. I saw Trump. Oh, good. And okay. it is remarkably great. The I don't know who makes these puppets, but uh, Bob's written Couple. some really funny st- stuff. Oh well, I, I got to say, I have a group of writers who have worked with me over the years at Conan, and uh, it's it's very very collaborative, and a lot of great writers have uh, come up with this material, and and some great young writers as well. So, is, yeah, but it's all good. in that silly kind of it's it's definitely angry and silly. <laughs> yes. Let's be real premieres tomorrow yes. night, which is uh, let's see. It's Thursday night, Thursday? 830 yes. on Fox. I think it's uh, 930. It's they say 830 says uh, 830 on here, but we can check. I, I'm almost sure it's 930. It's after Tim Allen's show, which is fantastic because I followed Tim Allen with the Dana Carvey show and. And it was uh, the biggest screw up of my career was following Tim <laughs> Allen and, and with with Dana Carvey uh, 
Yeah, I don't I mean, know if I've ever. That's a whole other. That's yeah, a whole I know. other. Disaster. I, I was going <laughs> to. I was going to talk to you about that, but maybe for another time. I just want to. Yes, tell you, yes, yes. I am a huge fan of yours and admirer of yours because I think you've always are, been so nice. Yes. To me. Uh, you know, it. I've loved, I've always loved your performances over the years, especially with Triumph, and I and I appreciate you doing it. Um, my heart goes out to you with the autistic um, uh, situation. It's all good, it's, it's, it's all good but you, you, you've been an upstanding father, and you've really been uh, great for the autistic community. And I know how hard you work on raising money for it. And um, and it was uh, the biggest screw up of my career was following <laughs> Tim Allen and, and with with Dana Carvey. Uh, yeah, I don't I mean, know if I've were, ever. That's a whole other. That's yeah, a whole I know. Other disaster. I was going to. I was going <laughs> to talk to you about that, but maybe for another time. I just want to yes, tell you. Yes, yes, yes. I am a huge fan of yours and admirer of yours because I think you've always are, been so nice. Yes, to me. I appreciate uh, you know it. I've loved. I've always loved your performances over the years, especially with Triumph, and I and I appreciate you doing it. Um, my heart goes out to you with the autistic um, uh, situation. It's all good, it's, it's all good but you, you, you've been an upstanding father, and you've really been uh, great for the autistic community, and I know how hard you work on raising money for it. And um, and I know Jimmy Kimmel's been involved, and Jimmy tells me about it, and, and the same with That's uh, nice. all these people. I, I know what a amazing. challenge it is. And, and you're a great guy, and I wish you luck with the Fox series. I mean, I always root for you because uh, great, Thank funny you. guys, writers like uh, Bob Smigel come along every once in a while, and you want to appreciate them. <laughs> so you're the best. I love you. Really, I do. Thank you. I love and, you, uh, too. I love you, Bob. All right, Bob. Thank you all so right. much. It's so good That's to Robert. see you, Bob. You Take too. care, Bob. You too, Robert Smigel. The guy's got a million stories. We can only get to a few. He's a terrific guy. Yeah, we, we've got more to talk about. Yep, we do. We actually do. I I wanted to go because some of that stuff with the Dana Carvey show and yeah. oh my god, but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm dying to hear. Oh, he's got a million stories. <laughs> but uh, watch, let's be real. It, it's a um, Bob's the writer and executive producer. It's on Fox, yeah. and um, it took him like two years or something to get this thing on the air. These puppets are, I can't describe to you what these puppets look like, but I tell you, I want to find out who made those puppets. But is it an old puppet show. cast? Or is yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, no, no. Like I saw one where Larry King before he died, like a couple of, like I wanted to, I should have talked to Bob about this, but it was getting late. I didn't want to hold him for 17 hours, but I saw one clip where Larry King was interacting with some of the puppets and it was just, okay. it was just really well done. So it's people and puppets and uh he, there's one like like he said, Matt Lauer and Charlie Rose. I mean, it looks like these guys. Wow! And, and the and the premise is they're hosting a show now because of what's happened to them. They're hosting in like like Sarasota, Florida, or something in a local right. TV station. Because <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Where are they working? <laughs> yeah, and he, and he's got some new puppets like Dr. Fauci and Andrew Cuomo, Ted Cruz, Kim Kardashian, LeBron James, and. Um, so they yeah. keep expanding out the puppet world because they've yeah. got to come up with these new puppets with everything that's going on. Yeah, there was a weird thing, too, I wanted to ask. I, we just ran out of time. I mean, it was getting late. I mean, the guy had been on for an hour and a half already. But um, one of the puppets, I guess he needed a voice for Kamala Harris. And there was a white woman who was going to do the voice. And then it got into, oh, there was a controversy because... Someone said only a black person should play Kamala Harris. And then well, what about think, an Indian person? 
Yeah, I don't know. It, it gets so involved. I wish Bob, I should get Bob. I say, I don't want to talk about this without Bob, but I think Bob was like, well, wait a second. Eddie Murphy does a great Jewish guy in coming yeah. to America. Why would you yeah. not want to? So it gets into that whole thing. Like, wow. Yeah. So anyway, I didn't have a chance to talk to him about it. But the next time, next time uh, Robert Smigel's on. But uh, I, I actually got a note during the interview that Bob had to let Triumph out to uh, take a shit. He needs a walk, right? <laughs> he needed his morning walk. He hadn't had it yet. <laughs> so let me be clear. Let's be real. We'll be airing. I don't know. I had it wrong here. It's not 830. Bob is right. 930, 930. Thursday night. Uh, the Fox website says 830, which it always does. kind of yeah kind of breaks your heart when you work on a show for two years and then the website and has the it wrong. But people who are actually airing it don't know what time it's coming on. That's not good. <laughs> but uh, Bob's show, and uh, they can correct us on the Fox website, 930 Thursday night. Check it out. The puppets really are amazing. And, um, okay, we're going to go because uh, it's been a long day. Uh, was and much Friday more... is the uh, fundraiser. Friday, yeah, that's on the internet at um, streaming it's on, it on YouTube. Uh, YouTube on Mark Rober's channel, which evidently he's got like seventeen million subscribers. Wow! Uh, I and I do want to say next Wednesday George Takei will be joining us. We haven't heard from George in a while, so <gasps> that's great. Yeah, everybody loves when George stops by, and so we. Will I have saw that. George for a second the other day on some. Show, you know, talking about the whole Asian, um, the Asian <laughs> violence against Asian people. Yeah. And it made me miss him. Yeah, I had a whole bunch of other Must stuff to get to, but we didn't get to it. Uh, people commenting on what the greatest rock riffs were from yesterday's show. Uh, people thanking me for Eve the Queefer, and they were sad that she died. And uh, there's a million things, but okay, next time. Bye.